Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is June 4th, 2021. Probably. We're not 100% sure if this have is going to go Have I been approved or for E3? Have I got is, my registration? I, have, I don't think I have, or it came in while my while You've been, my you already been approved? No, no, I'm saying I don't know if it came in or not. It, what if it came in and my my email's down? There's a short window <laughs> overnight where I, my email or anything that would have come in would have gotten rejected. Uh, what if I get rejected? So you didn't, you from, didn't attach a, a traffic report. Oh my god! Wait, you have to, no? Do you? Did they ask? No, for it was like what, one, it was like one of like the three. Can't wait to repeat some of these jokes on a, a different podcast that'll go yeah, up earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, you could attract uh, attach a traffic report to like a business card, like a masthead. Then uh-huh. there was uh, paste links to your articles, but every but that URL link was broken. Was, was well, too long. I, I had to do bit, I did Bitly's for everything. I so I did too, and they were and it was still so for so I you clicked like editorial presumably. Yeah, I think so. Yes, I click podcaster because that's really all I do at this sure, point, right? right? And I was like, oh, I'm curious. What do they What do they want from a podcaster? And the two things that they wanted from a podcaster were they were like, you need to attach one of the following two things: a link to your podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Okay, it has to be under 50 characters, which is too long. <laughs> or, or like, no, there is no pod. There is no podcast link in the world that's under 50 characters. Right. At this that's point. just not how the internet works. So I also made a, I made a tiny URL and put it in there, and that was under 50 characters, but it didn't register. It was like, well, you still need the other thing. You still need part one, which is a letter from an editor at the at the mag- or at the publication saying <sighs> that you need to. You got to do what uh, Gene Park did when he had to attach a business card and just attached a jokey Photoshop of like, this is a business I card. I have my old business cards. I thought so about I. I took a photo of it. And just and crossing out editor-in-chief and writing podcast host on it. I wouldn't even have gone that far. You could have just attached it and been like, okay. Like, I know. Well, so, what are you going to um, do? Reject me? That's business my, that- card was not one of the options for me. Ah. Uh, all, so the, my option, again, was a letter on masthead from my boss. And so I wrote a letter from Rob Zachney. I sent it to Rob Zachney. I was like, are you good with this? And he was like, yeah. And I just sent it to them. So fraud. I fraudulently have have gotten into E3. When, I haven't gotten in yet. So When I was uh, a teenager um, going one one time uh, for my senior year, the, the E3, whatever that year was, my yeah. friends flew out with my dad because my dad would always go with me to go to, to E3 until I was in college. And mm. he so a couple of my friends came with. Like, obviously, none of these people are in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. How are they going to get into this show? Well, 
I'm just going to edit the HTML on a couple of reviews to add their names. And then me, site manager of Gaming Age, is just going to write a letter of endorsement saying that they are freelance wow. contributors that are writing for Gaming Age and should be Did allowed you, you into the show. You your own pieces, presumably. I don't know. Maybe. Names. Oh, my God. Possibly. Pro- I mean, probably. I, I would give myself that much credit um, yeah, yeah, to, to yeah. do it. But uh, those flew through. Of and course, then of it redacted uh, friends of Patrick from high school got um, Ether we snuck into the, the, the Sony party at Dodger Stadium. Wow. What wow. A, it's good. If times. you like before we get to today's episode, which is a Resident Evil Village <laughs> spoiler cast <laughs> uh, exclusive, uh, we uh, I was going to say, if you like like nostalgic conversations. About I was going to say, I should have saved that. Like, that's, if you want more stories no, like that, that's maybe good. there'll be that's another good. E3 uh, <laughs> convert. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is you might enjoy Waypoint After Dark. Waypoint After Dark. <laughs> is that, was it like the dark I don't know. Sound? I needed a noise and I, I that's all noise. that came yeah. out. Okay. Uh, Waypoint After Dark is one of the many things in the rotation, I guess I would say, of Waypoint Plus, a new service that we have launched after years of being asked to do a subscription service. We managed to make it happen. Um, thank you to everyone involved who, who made that happen. Uh, and uh, you can you can go to, I believe, I believe it's vice.com slash Waypoint Plus. Yeah, that's Here's what, what I'll told, say. So we're just going to go ahead told. and... I can, I, can, I can do this myself. Waypoint.zone slash subscribe. Okay, because you can, I, you can, I you can alter it. Zone. Yeah, I okay. can make that waypoint.zone slash subscribe. And that'll get you right there. Uh, uh, you can go look at what all the the features of Waypoint Plus are there. Um, you know it is it is uh we've said this before. You've probably heard this already if you've listened to recent podcasts. Though maybe you haven't. Maybe you're here just for the Resident Evil spoiler cast. We're trying it out. We're, we you know we finally got the opportunity to try out the subscription thing. We're gonna give it a shot. We're gonna kind of build it as it goes. You know we we have wanted this ability for a long time. Now we got it. Uh, uh things like like this spoiler cast. Except what if it wasn't about new releases and it was about like. Interesting old games, a little thing called Waypoint One. Let's replay Resident Evil Six. You know, I'm curious. <laughs> no, you I'm know, not. Thirty five hours. Curious, yeah, you are not that curious. What I really want is like a Chip and Ironicus style deep dive let's play of that game, where like someone is super knowledgeable about the Resident Evil series. Yeah, and also the development of that game. Like, I want basically. I want to interview somebody about Resident Evil. Like, that's right, what you most likely right. get is yeah. one of us. Interviewing somebody who's like very knowledgeable about Resident Evil and talk to them about like the legacy of RE6 and the how what that fits. happened to RE6, yeah. and then yeah, how did you recover from that and decide to go in this direction? Blah blah. blah. I want that. That would be great. Uh, or again, the VH1 pop up video style, like <laughs> annotated gameplay, would be great. Um, anyway, we are here to talk about Resident Evil uh, Village. I guess it's not Resident Evil Eight, but I always. Yeah, yeah, I think they, I actually think they've done a decent job of, like, tipping their hat at the absurdity of, like, the the length of the series in in how they talk about it, while also being like, hey, you know what would be alienating to a lot of people, the number eight. Uh, unless you've just like fully embraced the absurdity, like Final Fantasy or, or Dragon Which is Quest. Funny, given how the story of this game eventually goes, where it right, is it's a RE1 it's actually callbacks. an origin story yes, <laughs> of yes. Re- which I was of not Evil. prepared for, no. and and we'll talk about that. I uh, I guess we should just uh, what I'll say right now is we're going to do a real short segment up top because we've done past conversations 
about just what we think of the game generally on the podcast. We've gone pretty deep multiple times at this point. Um, and what we really want to do is get to your questions because we got a billion questions. I couldn't get them all in because there's just so many. Um, we might not even get through all of the ones I, I like pulled out. I tried to find ones where, uh, uh, hey, multiple people sent something in like this. Uh, so if your question did, didn't get answered, apologies, but we just got so many in. Uh, we're gonna let those let those guide the conversation a little bit. But let's start let's start first and foremost with just like, what do you think of the arc of this game? High level. Where did it? Where did you leave it, Patrick? I, I mean, well, I don't. I get. I don't know where it goes from here. I guess. Uh, yeah. Like that oh, well, that's one like, of the questions. We'll get we'll get to okay. someone. All right. But just your feeling about this game. I I, I like. I think they have found a really interesting middle ground on like the arc of this franchise as a whole like Mm -hmm. what it represents what is the difficulty of making horror games which is that you start with restraint you start Mm -hmm. with surprise and then video games horror horror in general like is very sequel focused right like you have these iconic images that are that are then sort of like driven into the ground and it's where mythology takes over this happens in any long-running core franchise like Resident Evil is not unique to this. You you know Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, like you know the Halloween. You know you have uh you know even like the Halloween franchise right now. The rebooted like trilogy that is happening with David Gordon Green is a splinter off of Halloween One, in which the rest of those movies don't exist, but the original mm-hmm. is canon. And so it, there's such a rich history in horror of playing with mythology and tone and genre because you have these iconic images and like, what do you do with people with people when they're, when it doesn't scare them anymore? And I I think they were very successful in in Resident Evil seven at taking this basic idea. And they said, what if we tried to redo Resident Evil from scratch? Like the, the original game, like if we were trying to really just hone in on that feeling and made that game knowing what people like in 2021. I think they were like very successful at doing that while still falling into some of the traps that are inevitable over the course of a 12 to 15 hour game, which is that you, the action takes over. You have too much ammunition. You've seen the enemies too many times, like the, Uh the crescendo of the, of the plot um, and the inevitability of like bringing in the mythology. In some ways I, I respect that they refuse to just like cut bait and do like resident evil legends. And they just, just keep pushing forward with, yep. with the mythology. Um, and I, I thought they didn't quite strike. Like, I think the scariest of an RE7 was as, as good as I've ever seen in a horror game in, you know, 10, 15 years. And uh, was disappointed initially that RE8 has less of that. That said, I think RE8 does a pretty fantastic job, all told, although it like tilts a little heavy in, in like the back third, once you enter like Heisenberg's factory of finding a way to, include little bits of everything that Resident Evil has become all the way through it. Yeah. All the way through it. You know, I, th- I think the, you know, the castle sequence is scary and tense despite the fact that like Lady D doesn't really work as a chase character. Yeah. I think the, the horror PT type sequence is, is brilliant and all time great Resident Evil moment. And I like that at a certain point it, it gets absurd, but like, I don't know. It didn't bother me in the the way that it some sometimes can with these games. It felt natural. It mm-hmm. felt like a, like an es- maybe it's because the game doesn't stick around too long. It's not a particularly right, long game. Right. That said, a, a conversation you and I have privately had was like I probably would have played a game that was twice as long that just had chill sections of me 
exploring more side quests yeah, spaces totally um totally so yeah I, all, we, to, we, all told i re, all told i really really, really like yeah, I'm, I'm very much lined up with you and i think you know my opinions will come come out as we answer questions obviously there's some things i have reservations about or that i think just didn't work uh but lots of it that just like completely scratched the brain i think i rank it lower than the re2 remake in terms of brain scratchiness yeah um but it but it's a it's a more interesting game in a lot of ways um i'm gonna do Let's say not the Just King Things trademarked five sentence summary. Okay. Um, which, which I don't want to just lift that, but I'm going to just for people who maybe are just listening to the spoiler cast, because that happens. Sure. Um, uh, and want to know what happens in this game. Let me give like the very brief breakdown. Okay. Five sentences. They, yeah, they do every every King story or, or every King novel in okay. five sentences. And you're going to do that is, here. I, I'm not going to do it in five sentences. That's what I'm All saying. Right. I can't okay. just I was just going to say, like, I feel like <laughs> like Heisenberg it's, on could be five sentences. <laughs> I mean, maybe I, I, you know, um, depends on the level of detail. If you just OK. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah. After. Fuck. Is <laughs> <laughs> that my mind? I'm like, well, five sentences. I could do it in five sentences. Yeah, I probably so, can. Suddenly I just turned it into a dare. You did into a dare. Exactly. Uh, uh, after. A uh, a traumatizing event in Louisiana where they came across uh, a a uh, a family that had been um, hmm, this is even missing important the Baker Ethan family. and Bea Winters mm-hmm. are a a married couple with a with an infant baby named Rose yep. uh, and a and a really rough history of z- uh, mold zombies being wrapped up in bio terror plots um and uh and 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 uh who've escaped that past thanks to the arrival of one Chris Redfield uh who is uh, uh an anti-zombie anti-terror uh soldier uh and have relocated to somewhere in Europe um Mia uh the family is attacked at the beginning of the game uh Mia is is killed uh, the baby is stolen. I mean, it's killed by Chris Redfield. The baby and Ethan are are taken capture uh, uh, and are being driven somewhere. And when they are, and then then they are attacked. And Ethan wakes up alone and cold in the snow outside of a small village uh, uh, that itself is outside of a large castle. Um, Ethan begins the process of trying to figure out what's going on, try to find his baby, and along the way meets four uh, it, four lords of the area. <laughs> colon. <laughs> Lady Dimitrescu, uh, a large, uh, a very large vampire-like um, uh, lady who who uh, has been doing experiments in order to produce uh, daughters for herself. Um, uh, uh, what the fuck is uh, what's what's uh, Beneviento's first name? Oh, I don't know that you've got whatever. It. That yeah, the one I just said. <laughs> um, House Beneviento uh, is House just, Beneviento. I forget what her fucking name is. It's it's annoying that well, I mean she's it's not really a character in the game, which is why you that's don't the know. problem. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, uh, Lady Beneviento, uh, who has a doll, uh, who uh, named Angie. Angie, uh, Angie's name I have here. Uh, um, uh, uh, who who uh, hides her face. Um, Moreau, who is uh, sort of a a small. Um, fish-like man who uh, is is uh, humiliated by the rest of the the kind of children of this family. Uh, he's not actually a child, but that's that's his vibe. And Heisenberg, a sort of mad scientist, meets Nicolas Cage, meets <laughs> Nazi scientist. Sure, vibe. yeah, no, yeah, uh, definitely. 
Uh, I was playing this game with with uh, friends of the tables, Janine Hawkins watching, and she kept being like, he's just doing Nick Cage. He's just doing a Nick Cage impression. And like, You're right. You're 100% right. Um, all, in order to find his baby, he Ethan goes through each of the places tied to each of the. Oh, also all of them uh, tie up to Mother Miranda, a mysterious figure who has six black wings, um, who seems to have created them, given them their powers. And in the in the process also transformed many of the people in the village into lichens or or vampire mosquito bug people or other weird creations. Uh, I guess I guess Heisenberg has also created a bunch of robot zom- cy- cyborg <laughs> yeah. zombies. Like, so his experiments are a little off to the side. Yeah, off to the side, he's building an army. Um, the Ethan goes through uh, all of these locations in order to first find information about what's going on, and then he learns to find all of the pieces of his baby Rose, who ha- which has been <laughs> split up and given to each of the different lords, one each, ahead of a ceremony in which they will be put back to put back together and will be. Used as a, a vessel. catalyst, huh? Well, I guess Rose will actually be was supposed to be like a, is a vessel for Miranda. Is a vessel, right? To, uh, a vessel is the right word child. for Ava, who is Mother Miranda's child, who died a hundred years ago to Spanish flu uh, during that epidemic. Um, and and we learned that, that is what Miranda has been motivated by this whole time is trying to get back her 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 lost child. Along the way, we also learn that Mother Miranda is tied to the history of Umbrella. That the umbrella from um the umbrella logo comes from this village. From, like, in yeah, ancient, like in a it's like vaguely just like yeah, remember that umbrella thing we found in a cave? Like I I brought that back. And I brought that back. I like, you know in my mind that conversation was very much like they were flirting. I I read that whole thing as like very romantic. Oh yeah, between, they got yeah. Oh yeah, they were they fucking. got together. Oh they were, yeah, they were fucking. Yep, I down um, by those roots. Uh, oh yeah, just, absolutely. We found the this mold and we found game. each other and we found each other exactly. Uh, God. Um and uh, yeah, well, the whole idea. Is, yeah, she's she needs a way to. She doesn't know what to do with all this special stuff. And Spencer and is so, a, like a you know can weaponize it. Exactly. Uh, finally, uh, Ethan Ethan gets torn up all the way through this. Oh, yeah. Until finally, in a confrontation with Mother Miranda, has his heart ripped out, at which point we switch perspectives to Chris Redfield, who you've bumped into a few times throughout this game. He and his soldiers have been running an operation here. You've been finding their computers and shit all over the all over the. He's a real dick. Doesn't, place. doesn't seem like he's actually accomplished very much no, in the course of not this at game. All. <laughs> yeah, at all. Um, but then you become him. Get a get a ton of ammunition, a laser designator for a gunship, um, and fight hordes of enemies, and then some bosses. Um, uh, and at some point in here, you learn the truth. Not only was Mia, who in the last game was revealed to have been uh, compromised by this special terrible zombie mold, uh, part you know m- mushroom person, um, but also Ethan died in Resident Evil Seven. Like early or like immediately. Like, I don't even know if we <laughs> Which, played that some, part of the game. We must have. Is, is extremely funny. And, and almost, I, I don't know that I would go as far as to say it's a meta commentary on like the horror genre, like writ large, which is that yes. if this was to happen, you'd be done very early on. And in RE7, like that's what happens. He just dies. Correct. And then was recreated by 
the mold. Well, I guess he recruit. He recreate. He like was one with the mold. Recreated himself. So he he is. Ethan. It's like the end of Super Mario Brothers, the movie where yes. King Koopa gets all molded. Yeah, he gets part of the fungus. And then, but then, what if King Koopa had controlled the fungus through short sheer force of will? Well, because the I believe it is revealed throughout the 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 game that the the part of like the mold and these roots and like whatever is like a a larger consciousness and the consciousness gets absorbed, which is what motivates Miranda in the first place to try and resurrect her child. So in some ways, like Ethan's just coming back, baby. Like don't, do not count Ethan out. Right. No, I a hundred percent think Ethan is going to come back without, I don't, why does Ethan, he was, Ethan, I'm pretty sure Ethan was walking along that road. I, I mean, did you see, did they you pulled see the model him? and it's Ethan's yeah, model. They pulled the model, which could, well, could when be, the game, when the game first launched, you could just go into photo mode. Maybe you can still do this. I, I have not tried myself. But you could just go into photo mode during that final secret, the, the post-credits stinger yeah. cutscene, and just move the camera up to that <laughs> hill, and it's just Ethan. That's, That's the way so you can funny. look at Ethan. It's very funny. Though, like, who knows? Maybe they just wanted a model that you could see at a distance wasn't Chris Redfield, but was adult man. Yeah. So who knows? But I don't know. Anyway. 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 Um, he awakes without a heart. Except for the, the 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 heart he needs, the heart of a father, the heart of a, of a husband. <laughs> By the way, Mia's fine. Mia didn't get actually killed. That was Mother Miranda being shot because it's also revealed she can take the form of anyone she chooses. Yeah, and, uh, and, and if she, you, she uh, done that. Blue Screen Rant's got an article that uh, dives uh, deep into uh, Mother Miranda's wine purchases. If you actually take a look around Ethan and Mia's funny. home, there is a whole lot of <laughs> wine a lot stocked of wine. in this place. So we do, wait, do we now think that that was a Mother Miranda choice? Mother Miranda got Mia's credit card and was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, I well, will rack up. She's here, so, you know, she's yeah, ready to, well. to relax. Let's just kick it. Um, and uh, yeah, you go and you fight Mother Miranda. You learn that Mia's alive. Chris saves Mia. Uh, Ethan confronts Mother Miranda, uh, you know, consumed by by angst about the fact that he's a mold man after he defeats <laughs> Mother Miranda and is all fucked up. Uh, he sends Chris forward with Rose to escape with 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 his baby and his wife and stays behind to uh, eradicate the giant mold fetus monster, which, by the way, we never do anything with. No. There's just like a big mold monster that looks like a fetus. Yep. And the iconography uh, is all over the game. Yes. Like suggesting that the, it's the very key, important. The we don't even get a key or whatever. Yeah. We don't even get like a, a like a little like sheet of paper that's like. Hey, so what's going on with this thing? <laughs> Why does this tree mold look like a baby? Nothing. Zero. Again, the keys in the game, the most important key in the game that opens up each consecutive place looks like this baby. Nothing. Uh, and and you stay behind or Ethan stays behind to detonate an N2 mine um, like from Ava. Uh, I'm sure N2 is a real type of explosive. That's not just an Ava thing. But every time that Chris was like, I got to plant this N2 explosive. I just thought about the huge NERV explosions from Ava because that's what they used uh, in that. Um, and then he blows up the big thing and and. Chris gets away. I guess it's a nitrogen explosion. I guess that would make sense, like N2. Anyway, um, Chris gets away. post credit stinger. 15 years later. Is it? Is it not 15 years? I Am don't, I guessing? It, we do not get a... I thought it was. They, I, 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 don't, I do not think they give an actual... Um, do you think that she just got old? What if it's like three years later and she's really, she's really... She's got powers. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Maybe she just aged up real quick. And, and also she's like... Very close, like you know. Okay, I don't know what it would be like to like lose a parent that young. Like I don't know, but like she like very close with Ethan, like very emotionally bonded, and like you were a baby. 
Um, baby. So I, it but just does made she me remember everything. There think? has been speculation that part of her powers huh. and like when she she has the line that's like, well, you know, do you want me to that complete trash dick of a of, of a dude? That guy like, sucks. That guy yeah. really sucks. Uh, you know, uh, you know, her like security detail. Um, yeah. And imagine that she's got powers that Chris isn't even aware of. My my guess is, you know, because the whole game is eluding. She is more powerful than anything, right. and we never see what that means. Um, Not once. So not, I think it's possible that it's not actually 15 years later, but it's actually a lot sooner. But maybe it is. Um, but that would be quite a leap in, in time for the chronology. I re- For some reason, why did I think that it, it said it has a line, a but it jump. says like the father's story is over. It does. It does have that. It does say that. You're the, not the, wrong. Go- the goofiest shit. And like it just sits there until you like hit X <laughs> like and like prompt past it. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. Uh, I am just, I am, I am going to double check it because I'm a jerk. No, uh, you can yeah, check I it, but not. I, I want to say no, that yeah, I was you're reading, right. you're right. And now, uh, epilogue analysis, that was like one of the bits was like, ah, oh, it's kind of interesting. They don't, the people don't know. Yeah. 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 Which gives them um, wiggle room, I guess. On yeah, totally. Do. Totally. Uh, so then, yeah, that's, that's. Resident Evil Village, we skipped over a bunch of stuff. You know, uh, there's four boss fights. There's four da 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 da. There's a there's a, a zone that is like PT ish. There's a zone that is you're kind of doing some platforming and puzzle puzzles like environmental puzzle solving to create bridges and escape a big fish monster. There's a section. There's two sections in a row that are a lot of shooting. If I have one knock about get the pacing of this game, it's that you get both the stronghold, which is like the Wolfman. Yep. Like Haven, like the center of the of the lichens. And then immediately after that, you get the Heisenberg. Uh, well, yeah. And, and like, I zone. think the, the, the like the, the the weakness of the stronghold section in particular is this game flirts with the notion of prep, like prep work and uh, traps and environmental manipulation as a way of dealing with mobs. You know, like there's like a handful of times where it's like you can move this shelf. Like it's one of the first things you do in the game in the village is like, Hey, maybe you want to move these shelves to like block, uh, enemies from, from coming in. And it's never really a thing that you mm-hmm. mess with. Maybe you do on like harder difficulties to, to like mess, like to deal with mobs. Um, but, uh, like those are, those are sequences where if this game was more about like, I don't know, like if, if those sequences had me doing more work in the environment to mm-hmm. like set traps and I had options that weren't mm-hmm. just realizing that if I just found a convenient corner, and just sat there and w- watched if I, I could rope the the lichens so that they were jumping between yeah. these posts and I would just wait for them to land and shoot them and then just drop pistol. them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like that, that had to happen in the sense, in the sense of like, there should have been a big werewolf sequence somewhere in that game because they're the first enemies that you come across in the village and like a big showdown with them makes sense. Yeah. However, uh, yeah, it just wasn't particularly uh, appealing, especially then followed up with the Heisenberg place where like there are unique enemies. That's where they, the cyborg zombies are. And they almost all of them, I think, except for the very lowest level ones, have like a little red engine on their heart that you have to shoot. And even the low level ones have they prevent the, the, head, the headshots from like immediately oh, downing them because you have to you have to take off that. Um, that's like that with what a pistol, that's And then you can I follow see. it up with a with a shotgun. Um, right. and I, I, you know, that is not. You know, I, I didn't like love, love that area, but I did enjoy the fact that the enemy design required yeah. something differently. Yeah. I mean, like I enjoyed like the Terminator characters, uh, you know, following me and then I'm waiting, patiently waiting for the electricity to to, to boot back up so I can so, like, like, try yeah, and shoot them, them with my pistol like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed at that point the game 
mixing up because like there's actually a pretty low enemy count like i mean or enemy yeah. variety in this game yeah. which is fine but then it gets to a certain point where it was once scary to meet the like low level vampire experiments that carry yeah. the axes like those were really fun to fight in like the in underground the areas in the yeah. castle and then at a certain point it's like all right like four pistol shots i don't i don't need them to like fall off of a mountain you know like the the rubble for the ninth time um it's just like me wasting seven bullets yeah yeah exactly um all right we should just get into questions at this point i feel like because we have so many and again i feel like they're going to guide our conversation pretty well also i should Um, note uh just because i bring it up uh here and i'm not sure if it'll come up in the questions uh i haven't watched like they put out like a small not documentary but behind the scenes about like the qa and like design team, huh. like about a year before the game was finished, where the QA like like uh, team came back and was like, "Yo, there's like way too many enemies in this game. Nobody's gonna like the the combat here is not good enough to justify all these enemies." And they like had like, to like way really, too many, meaning way too many per area, basically like too, not too, too many, many to deal types. with, like not enough okay. ammo, and also uh, the enemies were frequently just like swarming in front of you. And one of the big changes they made, which I think hmm. was for the better was like it was actually really enjoyable to like approach an area kind of get the sense that lichens were hiding and like pull out your sniper scope and like try and pluck a couple of them them off and i guess that stuff didn't really exist until you know all told fairly late in the process as a way of addressing the the way the qa team felt about like the 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 flow of the game and and how much sheer combat they were um, That's also a great yeah. indication of or a great illustration of how the roles of QA can be more than just bug fixing, which right. I think also or bug identifying. That's one of the things. I mean, that's also important, <laughs> obviously. Sure. Um, but that sort of, of qualitative feedback being allowed to help shape the game is, is great because, yeah, I think that that, that balance is really good. Uh, one of my favorite things about this game is that enemies don't respawn, respawn just always generically but if you leave an area narratively and then come back to it it's often the case that new things will have things will have changed yeah either signs will go up guiding you to the next place <laughs> taunting you or yeah lichens will show up in the area those vampire you know things will show up um there will be something that has shifted um at least once there's like a big boss type character who just like shows up in the graveyard uh in the village you're oh, like, the, what the, the, gi- fuck the giant werewolves the giant, right yeah the, yeah the big werewolves yeah um uh which is which is good and then uh or you know it's the it's the also the other one it's going back to get um the beneviento treasure uh where you go back past that graveyard that's the one i'm thinking of and the one of the big dudes with the hammer i want to say that's one of the up. that's the only sub boss i didn't Oh, I mean, I, I encountered the giant werewolf that you applied. Oh, no, not that one. I'm not talking about the other no, one. No, I know, I know, is. but I'm saying okay. there, there were two yes. sub-bosses that I, uh, like that yes. one I encountered and then just decided to just to move walk past. around. And I um, killed it. And you killed it. And yes. are there other multiple ones or are you always just encountering the there, same one? There, there's just, the, there's multiple, there's multiple. Okay. Because um, it also shows up, that one also shows up at the, the, um, ball labyrinth for the Bandiento right. location. Right. right, yes. Which, which, yeah, I've forgotten about that second time it shows yeah up and then i i picked up the slab that you would take back to the benvenido graveyard to trigger that boss and just i looked up what it was for and it was like eh, right i'm all right right I'll just keep keep going um all right let's get into these questions i'm gonna read this first one from joe from dallas who says i have a few questions all focused around a single subject one why did mother miranda need to split rose up into four crystallized pieces and spread her out to the four others couldn't she have just kept them for herself two who built a mechanism for placing four pieces to get the giant's chalice 
Besides activate the elevator and the bridge to go to Heisenberg's workshop, what does the chalice do? Mm -hmm. I've played through Mm -hmm. this game a few times, and I'm still not sure about these answers. Anyway, love the pod. You have the good work, Joe, from Dallas. I, you know, the, I really think the Resident Evil franchise is not as best not thought of in in those in those terms. Uh, why is why is Ethan the self regenerating human incapable of like climbing over these fences that require increasingly elaborate keys? Uh, uh, how did Heisenberg build this fucking factory? I have no he, idea. Did he I have do no it idea. brick by brick with his own hands? Like he can manipulate. Objects, so in, I guess in theory he could have like slowly hey, I have built a question. this thing. Why would Heisenberg? Okay, Heisenberg, by the way, is also Magneto. We left that part out. Yep, uh, he controls. He's just Magneto. He just controls metal, like with his mind, and doesn't do anything from, cool with that in his boss battle. He just turns into a grotesque the transformer. It's like a Tetsuo the Iron Man, like <laughs> yeah. metal blended with flesh, like um, and it's it's fun, you know. I guess yeah. he, like he makes big saw hands and like tries to hide himself with shields and shit, but. Uh, also, why, why does he make a tank out of explicitly out of a metal plastic blend so that he can't fuck with it? Because that has plastic in there. That's a good point. That's why did he build what? It's like if Superman invented kryptonite. And he just <laughs> like, left it out. And just left it out for Chris to find and then for Chris to give <laughs> to Ethan Winters. And Chris is like, keep a low profile. Anyway, here, <laughs> check out this tank. Keep a low profile, by the way. Just go up this elevator with this tank. Yeah. See, see what happens. Just yeah. see what happens. I, I, I consider like the all that stuff, I think, is just that is it's part a, of the, the Aria aesthetic is uh, it, it, it increasingly elaborate uh, d- devices that serve mostly for aesthetic um, as yeah. opposed to anything else. Yeah. I don't know why Rosemary like this is this is again I was playing this game with Janine and Janine was very much like increasingly frustrated at this game's ability to have incredible premises that it's just deeply uninterested in. Yep. Where it's just like and that's like the that's also true for all of the lords, I feel like. Like Beneviento clearly has something going on. Like that you find a journal entry that's like, okay, she was a young girl, her face gets scarred, she doesn't she feels like very self uh conscious. People make fun of her. She gets adopted by uh Mother Miranda, who then you does experiments on her, but we like never talk to her. We never even get anything. Lady B's the only one that uh, yeah, and Heisenberg any, a little bit, but not and Heisenberg a, a little really. bit. But that, that and, and I think that's his where stuff I, is more about what he wants now, not wh- which is, who he is and how he got there. Exactly, exactly. And, and that and that's where you know I think you get a little bit of that with Lady D, which is even though I could have you know wish she had been more of a, a presence in 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 you know the game mm-hmm. in entirety. At least you, I think part of the reason she'll have standing as like a villain in like you know, once we're past this game and people think back on, on RE8 is because she not only is just a, like an iconic, like visual, like, you know, uh, uh, design, but it is also like, she's present in the game. And like these other yeah. people are not like they, they are merely totems for you to like get to, to accomplish a task. They, they do not have any sort of agency or like characterization. I mean, they, this game actually is even like I- very light on, documents to come across which is usually yeah. the resident evil crutch of all right uh we're gonna put in all the character development into the this seven page document and there's really not a ton of that either there's not enough of that i mean like even moreau who like you get a vibe from which is put upon made fun of for the way he looks unhappy with his mutation um right. again for people who haven't played this game the way this thing worked is that i mean it's kind of weird it's multiple things at this point what do we got we got we got virus zombies 
yep. from not in this game, I don't think. Um, but that's that's umbrella classic T virus. T virus, yeah. Right. We got mold zombies, which we first fought in RE7. Well, I guess the mold. I guess part of RE7 is like unchecked mold, whereas like T virus is like mold adjacent, right? Like it's mold adjacent. Are mold? they even? I don't know that they even overlap because in that one letter from the umbrella dude in this game, he's like, I I looked into that mold stuff, but you know what I found out? Viruses. Viruses are okay. the future, baby. Right. Um, I don't know if they're if it's a virus. I don't like, know yeah. if it's an overlap okay. or what. Um, three, we have Kado creatures which are there's these big gross bug looking things i think they're bug looking things are they bugs the kado or they fetuses also Uh, i don't remember they're in they're also in a in a glass bottle i want to say they're big bugs they do yeah they look but they kind of look like fetuses also yeah they they they, they, every time i saw them i felt like oh this is leading up to, to like something very important that also was the giant pulsing fetus that also turned out yeah. to just be you know, and those are like focused mold. It looks like yeah. those are those are mold parasites. Um. Uh. Okay. Apparently, they are a blend of a parasitic nematode and the mold. Oh, so I'm gonna put those right. as like sub mold zombies. Sure. And then we got robot zombies. Yeah. Also, we just got cyborg zombies. Just here is a metal heart. But also, so that, aren't the, but also aren't those just an offshoot? Because I believe they call the like husk characters like in the castle. They're like a care, like kind of like you know, just kind of like lumbering around that have axes and swords. Those are yeah. vampires still, and so are no, are they not? No, I what don't they, think so. What are they? Specifically they have called? all been given the kado. Okay, uh, and the kado has a chance of doing weird. Okay, like that's the the kind of I think if I'm getting this right. So Mother Miranda puts the kado into people to see right. what happens. Most of them. Become like lichens, yeah. Like the just wild facial hair, strong muscles. You never see any lady lichens. There is a gender divide on what the characters become, which is weird, and no one ever references it. <laughs> um, but like then one of them becomes Lady D. Lady D puts the mold in her maids, and most right. of those turn into the vampires in the in the cellar or the flying vampires. And that just seems to be like a genetic variable. Who knows? Some of them get wings and become weird mosquito-nosed <laughs> flying gargoyle things, and other ones become the scythe or the sickle-holding cellar vampires. You didn't, Some of them you became You didn't play the, the demo, right? The first demo? The one I that's didn't. Un- um, it might be worth going. It's because it's only like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not uh, content from the main right, game, right, although right. it's featured in the castle. It's actually uh, – there's made reference to it in Ari in Village about uh, like the, the maids that would you know eventually – just get like locked in the basement okay. and okay. and fucked with, and like you actually you play one of those like maids that you know worked in the castle, you know, pro- presumably came from the village, and then right like okay. realizes they are well and truly screwed. Right, right. The 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 witches, which yep. are the daughter, which are the vampires, yes, <laughs> are explicitly the Kado, but then they are the Kado laid eggs. And then from those eggs, there are blowflies. Then the blow, the mold blowflies uh-huh. ate the the human bodies and brought them into themselves, which in some ways foreshadows Ethan Winters. Ethan, right? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's fun. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, the. I guess you're right. It does say here. 
going back to the thing, Heisenberg's robot zombies are just the Mora Ake. Mora Ace, Mora, uh, Mora, Mora Ace, Mora right. Ace is what I'm going to say, which are just uh, I modified. The, it seems like the over yes, the overflow yes. from the castle the goes to Heisenberg's goes to factory. Heisenberg, which is weird because I feel like I feel like Lady D and Heisenberg hate each other. They, I don't know how they came to that that trade agreement. I don't know what she got out of the deal. <laughs> Well, maybe she's um, getting more bodies. Like maybe maybe Heisenberg's yeah, getting the bodies, maybe. getting them for, and he's like, "Look, most of these aren't going to work out." Um, yeah. Like that, you know, in the beginning of the game, like you get dropped through the top of the castle all the way to the bottom, and maybe those bodies are just down, you know, just down there. And Heisenberg comes, collects them, and you know, does his his dark deeds. <laughs> his dark deeds. His dark deeds. Uh, <laughs> Resident um, Evil Dark Deed. Resident like, upcoming Evil Dark spin-off. Deed. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, I think that's our answer is, yeah, th- this is, all of that stuff is if they could have done more with all of the Lords, all of the ex- explanation, like uh, we get a question later on about, uh, about how we feel about how magic this game is until it becomes super science. Like it leans all the way into there are vampires, there are werewolves, there are magical, like, uh, uh, rituals that you can do. There's a magical knife you get at one point yeah. <laughs> very briefly. Yeah. And you stab you stab uh, Lady D with it, and right. she turns into her monster. Which I guess form, could just be you, science, because I mean that's you know there's probably something in that knife, right? That like resonates and makes her lo- yeah. lose control of her transformation. Sure, I, I guess. Um, anyway. I mean, again, like this is the same series where like people walk around as regular exactly. ass humans, and then they turn into. Like, you know, uh, th- you know, a giant head splits out of their skull with like tentacles. It's like, are you able to re- reform? Can I guess so. I guess, I guess I you guess. can. Well, at least Miranda yeah. can. I-, I don't know if that is true for right. like once Heisenberg makes the choice to, to, to go to big, can he shrink back down? Right. I don't know. I, I, uh, I know that uh, Dimitrescu can because it talks about her that being a thing that's happened before. Right. Is that that's her? She can lose control. She. This is why she's kind of a werewolf. She's like a werewolf vampire. And she has to drink human blood and eat flesh to keep that under control, mm. which is interesting. And I just wish, like um, all, like it, 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 part of one of my criticisms of the game is that it feels like they had a like a bunch, like the the design, the art team came back yes. with a bunch of yes. cool fucking concepts, and they just looked at this and went, "This is awesome." These are. I mean, I, I don't know that there's been a Resident Evil game. Uh, that I can think of that has had this many interesting like villain designs all in a single story. Um, mm-hmm. Like there are just so many cool ideas being played within this space. And it feels like then like a bunch of teams split off kind of did that. And then like at the very end, they're like, ah, all yeah. right. How are, how threaded together? Um, and like, if you, if you believe, you know, like, you know, Resident Evil Insiders, like Dusk Golem, like that's essentially what happened. It was like, this right. game's they call you know in Japan they often call uh, stories scenarios. Um, that's always been historically what like the Resident Evil franchise is called like their their story premises. And uh, you know if you, you know, he's been very consistent and knowing quite a lot about this series and and said that like this game like the scenario for the game was like a year before it came out where they found like okay here's all the stitching for gotcha. how this is going to work. Huh. It doesn't mean there aren't like existing elements and voice acting no, like of course, but of like course. I think some of that helps explain the uh patchwork nature. Patchwork there. Right. It makes me a little bit bummed that the, you know, I didn't like the DLC in RE7, but mm-hmm. boy, would I love if there was a season pass for RE8 that was like, "Hey, all right, we're going to do little 
kind of like the, the demo Historical for vignettes. RE8, yeah. which was like, here's a little side story with some 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 background information, and, uh, you know, that kind of like fleshes out the characters of this without the reliance on Ethan fucking Winters and uh-huh. like the drama of his of his family and the and the weight of the mythology of like Resident Evil. Um, I love little bit like hour long vignettes into all, like all of those characters that like yeah, actually turned. You know, uh, like the dollhouse into like I was fine with it just being like a weird, yeah, it's a fun know, haunted area. house. But yeah, I, I, yeah. it does seem like that character had a lot of potential had they chosen yeah. to realize any of it. I'll I'll follow up on that knife. The knife had been forged with a bunch of, uh, or over over time had been imbued with natural poisons from across east and west, so that it could be used to kill monsters and demons, which was important for the villagers because they lived near that big fungus root. So they were just, they were coming across the occasional mutant monster. <laughs> what a and life. so they needed a knife. Can't move away. Got us. I mean, I understand sometimes Listen, circumstances man, are circumstances. Your family lives near the big root. I mean, and also it wasn't, um, <laughs> it wasn't, where are you from? it wasn't, where are you, where are you from? The big root. <laughs> big you know root? the big root that occasionally, you know how it took Uncle Jack, you know, you know how Uncle Jack got a little weird for that summer. <laughs> we had to use the poison God. knife with East and West. Let's Put it down. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's very funny. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Uh, anyway, we, we should keep moving. I, right. I think you just, there's just not going to be answers or, or someone's going to write it in and be like, well, actually, the reason that you needed to split up Rosemary was to blah, blah, blah. Well, but also, like, Resident Evil will, will retcon this at some yes. point and, and make sense of it, which is also the delight of any, you know, I'm, any horror franchise is, is all right. So how, how, like what part do we, like that's, why, that's why Ethan can come back. They could just say, right, oh, we, right, right. science figured out you could pluck his consciousness out and put it in to a body that this time has a face. Ethan has a face in Resident Evil 9. It's so funny. Um, he'll have to because you'll have to see him. That's the funniest thing about it is the scene in which Mia sees her father. Let's say the next game is you're playing, uh, Mia, sorry, you're uh, Rosemary. If you're playing as Rose and you and he's like, Dad, it's gonna be a face we've never seen before. Right, right. <laughs> that we we're supposed to respond, like you know what I mean. It's and in theory, very... she's never seen it before either, because it's right. just in her, you know, uh, twinkle right. of her mind's eye. Photos, God. very funny. Um, all right, we're gonna keep moving. Uh, uh, Matthew writes in. You can you read this one here for Matthew, or do you do you want to? Oh, hold on, oh, yeah. you've uh, logged out of the questions. No, I see. No, now. no, 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 no. I got uh, Matt. <laughs> Matthew, Ethan Winters categorization. Uh, is Ethan Winters the ultimate video game wife guy? Whew. He's up there. He's up there. Because um, Ethan himself does not have a lot going on. Uh, yeah, name three interesting facts about <laughs> Ethan that aren't that time he had his hand cut off and put it back on and put some healing juice on it to make it reattach. And then he kind of just shrugs. <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay. Which is, which was fu- like, I, think, I, I don't that, think he's dude. a wife guy in RE7 because part of the appeal of RE7 was, oh, look, like these two people dragged into like, like our, what Resident Evil is now is just like fucked up shit happened. Like, just don't, yep. like, you know, could just happen to you. Um, could happen to you. But then you when could, RE8 could- chooses to like bring him along and be like, no, he's important. And the trailers are all going to be like, Ethan Winters. Yeah. Um, I was convinced for a long time this was all a dream. Like, I, I did not think this story was actually happening. And that part of the explanation for the lack of a face, the um, the fact that all the characters just kept saying, Ethan Winters, like, who right. gives a shit 
about yeah. Ethan Winters was going to be revealed that, you know, whether through mold or something that he, you know, he was just going to wake up at the end and like still be in the house and like his kid was going to be there. And this was all like, hey, man, you had like one fucked up summer in Louisiana. <laughs> and then what? Trauma, you baby. just like found vampires and uh-huh. like, um, you know, a tree <laughs> oh, root that this. talks. And no, actually, that all happened to to poor <laughs> Poor, poor Ethan Winters. Is it poor Ethan? I don't know. Man, you probably could have walked away. Let Chris handle this. He's done Let all Chris right. Let Chris handle it. Chris had that. Yeah, Chris would have been, it would have been, I guess you probably don't get the baby back. Maybe. No, maybe you do. I mean, it definitely, I mean, I, you know, Chris, you know, by the end is experiencing some regret. He, uh, he seems like he doesn't feel great about having purposely set up the family to bait Miranda out. Yeah. Um, I saw people saying that Chris Redfield got great characterization in this game finally. Mm. That's how I felt. Was mm. he gets more characterization than the Ethan than does? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like at least by the end, you know, he's like upset about stuff, and also gets to like role play being a Call of Duty character. Yeah, but also, I mean, like even with Ethan, like there's no he spends time with Mia, but like, what do they like about each other? Like, no what idea. makes this like their relationship is entirely defined. By a trauma in which they were separated the entire time. So we that's don't. That's true. They weren't separated the whole time. Sometimes she was stabbing him 30 times. Well, that's true. Uh, and that would be. <laughs> and he that, was blowing her up. That would be a problem that you would want to uh-huh. work through. Um, even if it had to be over like Zoom calls. You Do know, you think with a that's therapist. why Mia at the beginning was so like, don't talk to me about that. Was because it was actually Miranda. And Miranda's like, I don't know what happened then. Don't talk to me <laughs> about that. You'll see right through my <laughs> shit. Well, I don't know, yeah, I it guess- was really bad. Because, yeah, it's not a possession thing, right? So she's not, like, possessing Mia. She just is. Yeah, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. she's just like, yo, I don't. She's just like an Agent 47 type vibe. <laughs> it's just Mother Red in a wig, that's actually. A much, <laughs> that's such a much funnier explanation for her avoiding the subject. Is like, I don't know. She's, don't like, know. on Google trying to, like, hack into. <laughs> the Baker incident. And you know there's, like, some YouTube. Like, why was there not any viral, you know, YouTube videos about, like, hey. I've been to this house. I, like, yeah, totally. look at my hand. I found the mold. Honey, I, I saw your YouTube history. I know you don't want to talk about the Baker incident, but why are you watching all these conspiracy theory videos about what we did? Honey, you were there. You the scrapbook again. Uh, and she's like trying to be subtle about it. She's like pointing at like the dad, you know, Mr. Baker. She's like, um, what was his name again? And, and he's just like, you don't remember his name? He, this he also. Was, Conveniently explains, uh, you know, as many people pointed out, the unsafe conditions that this child the baby. is in. Yeah. Because that stuff changes very fast. Like, there, the changes that right. – there were things we did with our oldest, who will be five at the end of August, that we don't – aren't supposed to do with right. our youngest, who is one. I, I can't remember the specifics because it's a lot of it's like when they're really, really – Young, but like that stuff is always changing. So mm-hmm. naturally, it would then make sense – that like having the bumpers would make she's been doing this for what, like forty years, like a, a long hundred. time. She lost her maybe a hundred years ago. Not even sure there were bumpers a hundred, but like I could see how like <laughs> well, like, there was probably a sequence fifty years ago. We'll get right, this. She probably had some babies that in the vessels didn't yeah, all yeah. work out. Yeah, so um, like I adopted it. Didn't really, you know. Yeah. So all fine. of a sudden, all of a sudden, things that seemed nonsensical <laughs> in that intro are, are suddenly falling into place because Miranda just didn't know what the fuck was going on. Right. What to we do? Doctor Spock. Ethan's like, honey, we didn't. <laughs> We're not. We don't read that. That's that's old text at this point. Like kind of new stuff going on here. Very good. Um, 
But yes, well, yeah, ultimate wife guy. I, I agree. ultimate I, wife guy. I endorse. And also a dad. I mean, this game is more of a dad, right? He's more of a video game dad because he's like, "Where's my baby?" But it's also the Give like me that's, back Rose. That's also just. I mean, I. <laughs> But like, there's not like a, there aren't like enough sequences like showing affection being a. It's no. just like he's. In some ways, it reveals. I don't know if it's the shallowness of Ethan or the shallowness of the characterization of Ethan. But like, there's yeah. nothing to hang this character on. It's just like he is wholly defined by I am a father, not like I'm a dad. Like 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 that's what he, he just identifies as that. Not necessarily like the, the you know what that actually means to to be. That, um, but of course, you know, uh-huh. it's because they have to gun down, you know, Mia slash Miranda in the most violent fucking fashion possible in the first 10 minutes of that it's game. Wild. Yeah, it's very weird. Which I guess now um, makes sense, but I still didn't still felt that incident dragged on a little longer than it. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A little much. All right. Uh, uh, Adam writes in, says. Common criticism slash joke about Resident Evil games that they start strong and tense and then inevitably end with your soup with you super powered and hurling rockets at a giant monster. I'm curious if the vignette like structure of RE8 uh, with you moving into different spaces with fundamentally different modes of play helps disrupt that trope. Was the game ultimately better off for being a collection of different experiences, even if they don't feel totally cohesive? I think so. I think it, I think it helps. So I will say again, the stronghold followed by the the factory like back to back, I think is a lot of a lot of that back to back and maybe the game would have been better if you'd let me do the stronghold in between the dollhouse and morose R- yeah if you'd gone from hey we've taken your guns away to all right you know what you want to do you want to shoot them guns yes, and- yes, exactly <laughs> i think that's probably a, a pacing that would have fit my desires a little bit more what i will say worked for me is the chris redfield turret sequence where you're just a walking turret filled with bullets that you can shoot a thousand lichens with and grenades that do a ton of damage and that was awesome like i'm down like it's very stupid and just, everyone's just doing just spamming their, r2 and everyone sounded like you know when when like a ubisoft does like a the division or a ghost recon demo at e3 mm-hmm. and everyone's like pretending to play the game as carrot you know what i mean where yeah. they're like all right alpha red you know go loud and it's just like that shit over and over again it is a it's like if you asked me to write by the end of the day a bunch of military you know uh uh, dialogue like a bunch of it where i had to just start writing now i didn't have any research time Uh, i was like all right just remember shit that happened in video games and and tv shows and anime i'd be like all right here we go (laughs) you know oscar mike etc well there's a lot i mean so uh, funny there's also a lot of anime in resident evil right i mean re6 is sort of like the apex of yeah like the uh like anime storytelling uh, and if you especially if you uh, like sort of disregard like a lot of the movies and things they've done where like that is explicitly like like mm-hmm. CG anime and like, you know, you know, and, and things like that. Um, and I will say like one of my favorite bits in related to that is when I think Miranda says at some point um, when she realizes that Chris is like kind of coming for her is like or is it Heisenberg? Someone says like that like bold that boulder breaking asshole or something like yeah, that, which yeah, is a reference yeah. to like Chris Redfield like punching a boulder, I believe, in RE five, um, and like breaking it with his fists in a in a in a quick time sequence. <laughs> uh, it's very good. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I I think it I think it actually sidesteps some of the uh issues that the series runs into traditionally with that ramp up. Um there's always that tough thing in a Resident Evil, the, the final act of Resident Evil game, which is like, all right, I know they want me to be shooting more. I still want to hold on to my ammo. Yeah. I still want to be, 
And so that Chris switch over, you're like, I don't have my inventory. Ethan seems to be dead. And and either he's old and he'll come back. I'm sh- I'm sure of it. Uh, I may as well get. I may as well just go wild. Like once once you get to that first supply drop, and you're like, all right. I mean, you start that section with 300 bullets for your rifle, and so that first like few fights, you're like, I'm gonna use my pistol instead. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be watch, careful. I'm gonna get rifle, that headshot. Get those headshots, and you get to a supply crate that has like the green smoke coming off of it, and you get another 300 bullets. Like, all right, I guess it's go time, baby. <laughs> It actually, it's, it's, it, that, that sequence is fun, but also it, like, undercut by, like, the existence of, um, like, the, the stronghold. And, like, yes. yeah. like, it, that would have felt even better if the game had, uh, mm-hmm. like, pulled back on that stuff, even just, just a little just bit. Just a little bit. Um, you're coming out of a huge action section to go into it. Right. Like, the last section. four hours of the game prior to the, like, like, the 90 minutes of epilogue as the, like, the, the story, like, sort of finishes, like, is just shooting, 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 shooting. Um, and it's fine. You know, I don't even have that problem with it. I think the shooting, like, feels, like, surprisingly decent yeah. in, in the game. I but. didn't love my final guns. My favorite guns in the game were the middle guns I had, the second shotgun and the second pistol. Yeah. And then when I got the, like, the I didn't upgrade to the last pistol, like the, the automatic, because okay. um, yeah. I figured I was going to spend so much money getting it that That's I'd rather correct. just stick with like Upgrading, the highest powered version yeah. of the, the like the middle pistol that I had. The 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 thing is the lowest level of that third pistol. The damage is stronger on than the highest than the, the second, highest yeah. on. But see, I just wanted up. to save my at that point. I wanted You're to right. save my money for the upgrading the other. It was like yeah. the shotgun was like my you know like my main heavy. It's like all right, so I'm just yeah. going to keep dumping. So I bought like the ultimate shotgun and then just mm-hmm. dumped you know as much as I could and also I was, using, I was using the sniper rifle the sniper like, rifle is the best gun in this game the sniper yes. rifle is like that's and the, the game also realizes game. it like yeah. you can tell when a game is trying to communicate to you like you should be using this weapon maybe in situations that don't call because there are actually precious few sequences in the game that call for in theory a sniper a rifle, sniper rifle where you are yeah, like like, like hitting things from a like there there yeah. are like five or six sequences where you're like shooting lichen like far off before you've sort of like triggered them running at yeah. you and you can kind of like but mow it's them mostly down. like hard enemies where i can put something between me and them and they have to run a ring around me and i'm like sniper rifle bop, set up the precision bop, shot bop. yeah yeah, yeah. And so it, there was like like some of the most tense holding a gun sequences i had was in heisenberg's factory yes where you would get like the you know, the, the, these robotic zombie sort of like Terminator creatures that had like really erratic animations that were happening. Blocking pro- their, their yes. weak point with yes. their hand, right? And so you're like holding this sniper like shot, which you kind of have to do on zoom in. Yeah. And then in some ways you're like, well, I wish I could take off this attachment that made it zoom in farther. I would actually, love to. I would actually I would- prefer it was closer because then all of a sudden you're just like wobbling this aim as you're waiting for them to move their arm. And I loved those bits, especially so when you good. fucked it up. Like it was, yeah. it felt when they're so charging good. charging at you, there's like a little window and you're like, if I miss this, I'm going to get literally a drill in my chest. Oh, and those, but and don't those worry, bit- I've eaten a lot of really good meals, so it's not going to hurt me all that much. Um, you know the bit in that in the Heisenberg sequence where you're in the like elevator that goes up to the big fan? Or not the mm-hmm. elevator, the, the stairs. And at some point, the two giant dudes with two drill hands, I want to say, yeah. and all the armor come down. I got like dead-ended. I, I was like at a dead end with both of them coming at me. I was like, all right, here we fucking go. I need to get hit in the right way that will slowly <laughs> pivot me past them so I can get some distance. I think that's one, one, one of the only, because they had jetpacks in yes. that sequence, um, yes. which was kind of a neat, uh, that's one of the only ones where I had to like, I just like let myself die and I was like, I okay. Like this is in a game where I died a whole bunch of times. So we're like, 
it, it did a really good, I found, I know a lot of people recommended playing on the harder difficulty mode, but I actually found normal to, I don't play horror games for the challenge. Like I play it for the, the like the tension. And so then the, the problem there as the, you know, the, the literal tension between the player and the game designer is I want to butt up against death without actually dying. And what I found frequently in village is that I, that happened. Like there were right. multiple right. times where you, you, you get um, health flashes in the UI that tell you like, Hey buddy, like you need to either craft uh, a health uh, thing or you need uh, to like end this fight because one more hit is going to take you out. Yeah. And so I probably died. I don't know, five or six times at most, but I came up to that edge like, uh, you know, a dozen, 20 times. Totally, and it totally. made sequences really thrilling where it would not have been fun to die and optimize that we fight. Do, it right, was more right. fun to have my back against the wall, barely scrape my way out. And I just I just found like the way they managed ammo resources, health, uh, death i i you know a I'm lot also of like there's a lot of quick sa- or auto saves in that game yes and a lot of the few times that i did die i was like oh fuck i'm gonna go back to the the center of the village i have to walk oh wait no it quick save when i came in this room and they and they do a really good job of that like i, I found all of that allowed the game to maintain a sense of tension that can be frequently very difficult to it's where the whole take you know guns out of horror game movement comes from it's like how, how right. do you maintain that with when players have so much agency over a situation and I, and I thought village did like a really spectacular job of, of still like eliciting tension without relying on death as the punishment for a mistake mm-hmm. um I'm not gonna sorry some some bio mutant discourse is popping off in the world I'm just I saw not yeah I be, saw that I'm I've, just not gonna I'm, be distracted. I'm letting other people I'm let, you know I'm letting other people do it you know by what? now you know what here's the thing is we don't need to talk about this now because by the time this episode is out we will already have talked about bio mutant that's true on a podcast so I don't need to relitigate uh can you read this next one from Scott yes Scott uh says if you were the villain antagonist in the next Resident Evil game, what would your character model look like? What would you sound like? Your gimmick? I think it would. Uh, I think it would take the first act for you to learn. I'm the villain. I'd just be a normal mm. dude at first, but I'd be revealed to be a horrible terror of blood, teeth, and bloody horror. I'd spend the rest of the game shape shifting into helpful NPCs, so you would never know for certain if your safe area or friendly shopkeep was actually all that safe or friendly. They flirt with that idea in this game, with that you right. only sort of like know. In retrospect, but that would be that's fun. Like that would yeah. be uh, if there was one instance of the Duke that was actually Miranda, right? I mean, that's my one of my other beasts. Or the, if just like, or game. just like, if just you were walking around and yeah. Lady D just appeared again, oh, like that sick. would oh, they way underused it. I hadn't thought about that. Like, can you uh. imagine if you were just like walking through the village and all of a sudden you just look and she's just right searching there. for it? You'd be like, what the, f- what the. F- what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be incredible. And actually, that character would have worked better in the village. Like, she, yeah, like, that, that area. Like, she needed more space to move around so that the limited moveset that she had had, could, she was you know, never a threat. Room in the to breathe. In but, like, if in a more open area where they could have been, um, like, the village is able to, like, that sequence is able to echo a bit of the police station in which you have a yeah. large area where you can feel relatively safe like frequently and they try to use the werewolf to accomplish that, but I was just never yeah. scared of the, the, like that giant thing. It was just a, yeah. it was just yeah. a big, but like, man, if she, if she had shown up or the witches had shown up, like that would have been a really fun, 
uh, play on that. But and also, it's just like a pain to, to move around some of that that space before you get the right keys. Right. Where you're like, all right, how do I get around this tractor? How the fuck do I? Okay, how do I? What do I do here? And so there'd be really circuitous routes, and you'd be like, okay, how do I get away? There's that ladder. I can climb that ladder up to the roof and then jump down. You're on like the other you're, side. you're like, like you're, go, you're going cool. to Heisenberg's factory. You mm-hmm. open the door, and she's just there walking at you, like, oh, that would have been sick. Fuck. That would have been sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, you're then doing the thing of like, I killed her. Why is she back? Right. And the reveal, oh, I dropped that knife. <laughs> right, I dropped that knife. Where'd that knife go? Can I get in a boat and go get that knife? Uh, all right, I didn't, we didn't God, answer the question. You, go, you get the boat, you get the knife, you cut her, and then she turns into Miranda because it reveals, you know what, right. it undoes the tree. That would be great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, what would you be? What type of, what type what of monster would, would you be? I be? Or villain? Um, hmm. We don't have enough mages. Like, I want to be, you know how in Castlevania, one of the yeah. types of character, like Shaft in Castlevania, who's just like a mage? Mm-hmm. It's just like an evil, like, sits in a library and then resurrects the end. Und- I, I want to be a, a some sort of, like, alchemist, right? Because that's the way you get it close to science, who is resurrecting past. I'm going to jump off this character, this conversation we just had. I'm going to jump off of um, uh, past. I'm going to resurrect past bosses so that, like, Mr. X comes back, Tyrant comes back. Some Code Veronica people come. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna taunt Chris Redfield with all the monsters he thought were already dead. I uh, um, by resurrecting them. Resident Evil has a long also have hi- lightning powers in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil has a long history of like innocuous enemies that aren't actually a threat, but that you have to fight anyway. Like Plant Forty Two, which is like, yep, look at this giant right. plant yes, that otherwise great. is just by itself, just biding <laughs> yeah. its time, and then just like fought. Finally, like Plant Forty Two will have its day. I want to be yeah. one of those. I don't know that's like, good. Which one I'm gonna be? But it's like there's like the shark in RE Two that yeah. otherwise is just a shark mind its business. You've got the the alligator, um, yeah. <laughs> like just like these mutated like the otherwise snake in in RE One. Like there are just big animals sometimes. Yeah, huh? yeah. But I want to. Like I think the animal is like a little more aggressive and fun. I'm like, I want to be more on like the plant 42. The tree. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just like one tree, like an infected tree outside of the (laughs) castle that you can't really get to. But I'm like, I'm shaking really aggressively. I'm I'm really shaking. And all I can do is like, I drop these poison apples and I can try and, I can try and mutate you. And Um, you got to like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Good. You, there are certain apples that don't fall and are like a different color and those are your weak points. Yeah. I don't have control over this one branch. Like it didn't get infected. It's like the good apples dropped from there. And the villagers know who do you think wins in a fight the Resident Evil bosses or the Metal Gear Solid bosses? Because that's a very similar, like, yeah, when I think about PlayStation 1 games, yeah, two games that people I don't care a lot of people talking about those two games in concert with each other very much, but there is something about the but they're way both can- they both their villain design are both uh like right. horror camp. Um, yes, yes, that's a good. Question. I and again, I think both of them are drawing off of a history of like villain of the week or like yes m- that sort of thing, both in in West and like uh, again a big anime thing, right? Of just like here is the episode with the weird tree monster. Here is the episode with the the super sniper. I feel like, the, know, po- like the, the power levels of the Metal Gear characters are lower because they are ultimately dealing with like a grounded. Only player. in Metal Gear Solid One. Metal Gear Solid so. Two has like has Fortune. Va- does have a vampire and has, and has literally has vamp. Yeah. <laughs> and might then, and then by, we might have the, to like. Can we yeah. get um? 
who's people are always running those like you know uh, modded uh, wrestling wrestling matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we, we gotta just get someone get yeah. all the, the Resident Evil and the and the Metal Gear characters and <sighs> Please, let's run yeah, a bracket. Let's see who wins those fights? Yeah, we gotta let's 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 keep this in our back pocket. This okay, yeah, Kato, uh, Kato, don't cut it. No, we're just don't cut tell, it. We're, we're just, just telling you that like we should do future. like a like. Whenever every every you know website does like a social media bracket, like this is gonna be ours. It's not like best game ever. How can no, we get people it's arguing? It's Metal Gear versus Metal Gear Evil. versus RE bosses. Maybe we can have other. We'll have, to, we'll have to think Quiet about it. Morty. There's another series that maybe has similar boss designs that should get in there. Like, I don't think it's Zelda, but like no. there's something else that ha- has to have that same campy, fun, distinctive. Super I don't think bosses. Silent Someone Hill sh- has enough of them. No, um, no. And I don't want it to. I don't want it to devolve into best bosses either, because I think that's a different thing. I want specifically these ones, and I don't want which one's best. I want which ones win in a fight. Plant forty two really- versus Hind D. Let's go. Right. Who wins? <laughs> exactly. Plant forty two has got a shot. I think it's a tree. I don't know. Like, what if it gets? What if the? What if the helicopter gets caught up in the branches? Right. See, these are the uh, kind of discussions. Waypoint.com/slash subscribe. Uh, all right. This next pair of questions comes in. That's how we First would do it. We would put it out on socials, yeah. but our conversations about that would happen we'd in have a podcast. It have to happen in a podcast. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Content. Uh, we would have our bracket and then the public right. bracket. You right. know what I mean? Right. We would come to a decision. This is good. This is good content. All right. <laughs> Grayson writes in, after beating Resident Evil 8, I was very excited to see where the series goes. However, I'm skeptical we won't, that we uh, will end up in the same space as Resident Evil 6. Mm-hmm. My question is this. Um, uh, does Resident Evil need to stick to its lore at this point, or could it be used as a framework to tell more experimental horror stories like the VHS series of horror movies? Also, how are you? Did you have a nice lunch? Drink water, Grayson. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're pre-lunch right now, Grayson, but thank you. And then a similar question here. Hi, y'all. Love the show. I enjoyed my time with RE8 a lot, but the epilogue ended uh, The epilogue uh, ended up bringing out the cynic in me. The suggestion of a future story with an older Rose using weird mold monster powers is so cool, but I can't help but feel that they're never going to properly follow up on it. I immediately pictured RE9 as one where you play as Chris Redfield, and Rose maybe shows up to do something cool during one of the boss fights early on before disappearing from the rest of the game, or even worse, ends up evil or crazy, and you have to kill her. It just feels like the kind of setup that I've seen promised so many times in video games and other media and nearly always gets let uh, let down. Maybe I'm still just bitter about getting into Kingdom Hearts a couple of years ago and seeing how Kyrie gets done dirty over and over again. <laughs> Am I being too pessimistic? Do you think there's any chance they'll actually make the kind of game ep- the epilogue seems to be promising? Um, I think both of these are united by the sort of like fear that RE6 is on its way again, that at the end of this game it's very easy to imagine that like hyper milita- militarized like big action sequences and and a move away from this quiet stuff. Because yeah. this game loves its lore by the end of this game, and it's just like not well, Resident the stuff Evil, that I Resident care Evil about. loves its lore, right? So it I does. think that it just I think does. Th- like the the notion and that- many RE fans love the lore. We should also just note that, that there are I have I do know lots of people who were like are, you know marked out at the fact that the Umbrella Dude knew. Well, the, the, it's the convoluted nature is part of the appeal. It is it is it has ceased yeah. being fascinating storytelling and is now just like interesting in its convoluted like that that has become its own like source of delight and in, in weirdness and at this point i like think they should just keep pushing um you know the mm-hmm. uh code name going around for resident evil 9 like i guess re789 have been conceived as sort of like a first person trilogy of like how they're going to approach this and like the code name for 9 
I don't know if this is from Dust Golem or this is from like the uh, 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 the leaks, uh, not leaks. That the, it was hacked, it was stolen um, right, from Capcom's right, right. Uh, uh, internal data. Um, that RE9 is called Apocalypse, um, which would certainly lean in to the fears that yeah, folks have yeah. here. Um, you know, if I try to be optimistic, the the notion that you are like fighting against an apocalypse occurring, as opposed to the apocalypse has occurred and now you know monsters are are everywhere, everywhere which at the same time would also be a convenient way for them to like close the book on Resident Evil mythology and start right. over if they, start if they wanted to. Yeah. But man, I love the idea of uh, Rose being like an investigator, like going around yeah. doing like, like, like essentially what uh, the first questioner like envisioned of like an anth- sort of an anthology sort of thing. That'd be so sick. Um, I Rose, would love but, like condemned, but you're playing as Rose. Well, yeah, give me give, give me monster of the week wrapped up in a larger mythology that's playing X-Files, out. Files, but yes, you're Rose. like send Rose out. She's got some weird powers that mixes up. Like, look, I'm fine if she's like, yo, I don't need guns. Like, I got yeah. other I got shit magic. I can, t- can do. I'm and telekinetic. Right, I mean, and like maybe that's, that, that's just part of why it's nice that they didn't show any of her powers. Right, is they have n- nothing holding them Blank back. Slate. Now. Could be anything. She could shoot energy beams. Like I don't, who the fuck knows? Like we just don't know what she could do. And that means that this next game, if she is playable, could, she could be Bioshock. Do you know what I mean? She, you know, Bioshock, the hero of Bioshock. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Bioshock. Mr. Bioshock. I don't. I don't you know, like she could. You know, you could see like she has X-ray vision. Like there, like there. I think there are things they could do, which is like. Ra- getting away from unlocking series of Jack. guns. His name was Jack. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> um, but like un- unlocking a yes, series of like yes. alternate power sets over the course of a game. Um, I think that could be, you know, that could be theoretically interesting. And I'm also, you know, just intrigued to see them continue down. Like what is Resident Evil in, in first person and the fact that it's happening alongside you know, a big ambitious RE4 remake. Uh, there's another third person. This did make me really want that remake, is what I'll say. Is that yes. like? Also, by the way, did I already say this? We skipped a type of zombie, Resident Evil Four, Parasite Zombie, another type of zombie Las from the war. Las Plagas, the plague. I think. Um, you know that happening alongside the RE4 remake, and then also there's another. There's a game coming out next year that got um what was a part of that hack, um, which is essentially. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations 3, but it's called something else um, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know that like Resident Evil Revelations 2 is a game that came out on 3DS and you know, like, yeah. uh, so those games are underrated though. The, the second one in particular has some, some cool ideas. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to be hopeful, um, cause this team yeah. has proven to be pretty smart. And if they manage to, you know, the fact if that PT sequence didn't exist in eight, I, I think I'd be a little more. Worried that they like were weren't just right. ready to completely ditch the the like varying tone, but that makes me excited. It's that maybe so they can distinct keep doing from that. everything yeah. else, down to the big final doll fight where you're like playing hide and seek. Yeah, in the you house still don't pull out a gun; it. you're just finding yep. a doll yep. on the ground and hitting X. It's like okay, and, like stabbing it with some scissors. It's <laughs> wild. <laughs> Didn't explain game, like why game. why does that kill it? Like what? Like yeah. that? <laughs> yep, I don't know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, can you read this next one from Murph? Yes. Uh, Murph, there are four sections of the titular village. There are four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which turtle embodies each section? Okay. There's, okay, there's one very clear clear one off the off the bat, which is Donatello. Right. Who's Heisenberg. Right. Donatello does machines. Yep. Heisenberg does machines. That's yep. easy. It gets hard after that, I think. Uh, I want to say Lady D is Leonardo. It she 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 strikes me as a leader, as Seems a leader, like right? She de- and definitely is kind of, but she also pushes people around. Like, but I guess all these are kind of aggro, so we have to take away sort of the fact that they're villains yeah. from the character archetypes of the of the of the turtles. So the, I'm, okay, you, I'm just gonna just 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 for maybe people who don't uh huh know about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um. I'm just going to read this one section of the song. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yes. But. uh, Can't stop these radical dudes. The secret of the ooze made the chosen few. Emerge from the shadows to make their moves. The good guys win and the bad guys lose. Uh, uh, This is. Wait a second. This feels wrong to me. One second. Because. <laughs> okay. Here. I got the right one. This is that from a, a, new a different song. One? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's listen. Now I'm going to go through. Listen, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell, Turtle Power. Uh-huh. They're the world's most fearsome fighting team. Mm-hmm. We're really hip. Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they're Heroes in the Half Shell, and they're green. Ah. Hey, get a grip. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, when the evil Shredder attacks, these turtle boys don't cut him no slack. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Splinter taught them to be ninja teens. He's a radical rat. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Leonardo leads. Donatello does machines. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, Jack. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Raphael is cool but rude. Give me a break. Michelangelo is a party dude. Party! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Shell. Turtle power. Yeah. So... Leonardo leads. Donatello does machines. Raphael is cool but rude. Michelangelo is a party dude. Now I'm thinking I'm wrong about Lady D though, because is she kind of the partier of the? Uh, he- is Heisenberg the partier? Because he's so he's got a, probably got a club in that warehouse somewhere. And I feel like his vibe is very. I could see him letting loose in a club, like you, like the, the the beats about to drop, and Heisenberg. Yeah, and he's like, he takes he's that like, ja- he takes that jacket off. Yeah. Turns out he has like just he's just ripped, like yes, just yeah. like the hottest dude possible, despite his like grungy demeanor. Uh huh. So are do we you saying- know that? Do you know that move? Do you know that um, meme of the dude at the dance? It's, it's European. Uh, it's Dimitri finds out is the name of the. Of the the uh, meme, I'm just gonna post the GIF here for you. You're gonna know what I think immediately. Uh, it's it's like at a European dance club, and a lady's interviewing a dude, 
Um, I want to say it's it's yes. Okay, it's yeah, not oh, yeah. as yes. You know this, uh, uh, and and he she tells him something, and uh, and then he starts dancing. So you're saying uh, this is celebra- you're saying I this is Heisenberg. Heisenberg. I think Heisenberg's got slicker moves than that. I don't know. No, you I think like maybe in his head he thinks I think he's got it's slicker charming moves. That he doesn't have slicker moves. Okay, you know what? I'm going to skip ahead in the middle of this question to get a Please. sub question in here, which is. Uh, Tom Tom wrote in and said, plenty of people already discussed Lady Dimitrescu's lack of screen time, but there's something else I feel like I haven't seen mentioned much. I feel like Capcom thought Heisenberg was going to be a big deal. He gets a big special introduction at the beginning. He is by far the most screen time of the four lords. Yeah. He has his own personal motivations uh, laid out. Yet my feelings on him are that he's fine, I guess. It reminded me of Far Cry 3, who hyped up a final villain even worse than Voss, but that guy kind of sucked. Heisenberg isn't as bad. He's just not as interesting. Uh, so my question is twofold. Do you agree with my assessment that Capcom thought Heisenberg was going to be a big deal? And two, do you feel as lukewarm on him as I did? Curious to hear your thoughts, Tom from New Jersey. Uh, either you're in the different corners of the internet than me, Tom. I know lots of people who are vibing on Heisenberg. Yes. A lot but of people think he's extremely hot, despite maybe being a Nazi scientist. <laughs> well, we all have our faults. I mean, listen, yeah, uh, who, who no among us have been experimented on by uh, the, you know, the Las Plagas prototype um, or whatever. Right. But uh, I mean, but I, I, I agree with him in the sense that, yes, uh, by important, you know, setting aside how the fandom reacts or how the culture reacts. I do think it, you can see that, like, that was always meant to be that yeah. section of the game. Like, this was meant to lead into the end. Like, this was yeah. all part of that and the one things- of the earliest things feels like there will be one of the lords who does not like right. the mother miranda and and that will be the the big climactic thing that's how it feels anyway for yeah. sure um, um so we haven't anyway our, uh so that's heisenberg so now we got ninja turtles so i think, so I think maybe is, is maybe machines, uh, right is moreau doing the machine i mean he does like manipulate like the goo so ma- but yeah, like, I, not- everybody manipulates. They all kind of do machines. It's just yeah. they're different types of machines. Moreau has the goo and the fish stuff. Uh, the dolls are machines in a way yeah. that she brings to life. But she's she's bringing them to life via drugs. They're not actually alive. She makes you hallucinate via drugs. So maybe she's the party dude. Right. Well, she's yeah, she's slipping like, hey, you know, yeah. this she's slipping we're out here. We're in, you know, we're in the middle of. Hey. Uh, when you see Mia there, that's just drugs. That's not Miranda, right? Where? In the dollhouse. You see Mia briefly there. Oh, yeah. That's just yeah. I assume she's still stuck in that prison. Yeah, okay. Um, so, no, yeah, I'm saying I, that's, I, yeah. that's not Miranda pretending to be Mia. No, right? I think that's yeah, just a okay. hallucination. So, yeah, Donna, no, I think you're right. Way, I, Donna Beneviento is her name. Okay. That's all. But I think she's, I think she's Raphael. I think she's, I think she's the Because you think she's rude. I mean, which having that like uh, that suck face baby thing chase me was pretty. Yeah, rude. that's pretty fucking rude. I'm All trying right, to. She's Raphael. Well, also, I, I feel like she told me these drugs were going to be cool. She knows I don't do this very often, and I just wanted to have a good time. I'm a parent that wants to like relax. Relax and instead. Every once in a while. I have this fucking. I'm having yeah. a bad trip, and yeah. so she didn't regulate. She didn't give me the right stuff, and so I think you're that right. can happen with a party where like they that think that you're ready for this. Okay, and so you're she's not. she's our Michael. So she's our Raphael. wait. She's our Michelangelo. Then. Oh, Michelangelo. Yes, Michelangelo party or yes. Raphael rude but cool. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give Moreau rude, but mm. is Lady D rude but cool? Maybe Lady D is rude but cool. A little rude. A little rude. Very cool. You know, getting all these maids from the village. 
you know, sucking their blood. Doesn't yeah. treat the doesn't treat the daughters very well. Doesn't seem to actually care about them very much. Right? Are we saying that Mother Miranda is Master Splinter? Yes. Okay. Because she's given okay. all the powers to them. So she's, she's given all the power. Yeah, she's, she's put them in the ooze and this raising Doesn't them seem like she's done a whole lot of uh, teaching or uh, training. No. Seems like, in fact, that's the problem with a lot of their <laughs> relationships with each other and her. Not, not a communication. Very good, again, this is a game very much about parenthood and what good parenthood looks like. What good parenthood looks like is rescuing your daughter when she's been split into four vials <laughs> spread across a haunted village. What, what bad parenthood looks like is being... A so consumed by uh, your desire for your one biological baby who died a hundred years ago that you fail to give the love and affection to your four adopted monster babies who you also created in many ways gave birth to in that sense and yet don't show them the affection uh, that they that they deserve especially I mean, Moreau I, who just gets bullied which is a shame. Well, that's also why Moreau can fall in the rude but cool category because yeah. Moreau is rude, but it's like of course, of course he's he rude. I, yeah, he's been, you know. And actually, like, your fish body is pretty cool. It's pretty cool, dude. I understand. Be this big fish body. You're sort of limited. It's kind of like having the shitty X-Men power. Like, it only works in a big body of water. (laughs) Yeah. Very convenient that there's this lake here for you to splash around with, with a dam. Except your body. Except that you're a cool fish dude. You know, I, I, we gotta, we gotta... There are so many normative beauty standards, and Moreau mm-hmm. has really, like, felt that, the boot of those on him in a real way. I think Village and has gotten people to, like, have a conversation about this. Right. Finally. Fish people rise up. <laughs> I mean, we joke, but also this game does still have one of the worst fat phobic characters. And obviously, oh, Moreau yeah. himself is built on dec- centuries of yeah, stereotypes yes, around yes, little people, yes. and, it, you know, it's it's fucked. Anyway... Rupert Cool Moreau. Oh, here yep. we go. Rupert Cool Moreau. Yep. Let's just stick to it. Heisenberg is Donatello. He does machines. Mm-hmm. Lady D. Uh, mm. Lady D party, dude. Here's yes. my reasoning. And and Donna, ben, uh, Benevenito, Beneviento, Leonardo leads. But what does she lead? It's not the other three. It's the dolls. She's a leader of dolls. There you go. That's true. Leader All of right. dolls. My favorite metal uh, album. Uh, Aston answered there scott murph murph uh all right duncan uh, this, is, this is kind of a, a broader one and i'm curious about your answer hey waypoint crew first time long time and all that i've seen uh, i've been drawn out of my shell to email on this ah, occasion ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the unrelated <laughs> <laughs> duncan the fifth ninja turtle i think he's already a fifth ninja turtle the seventh ninja turtle let's say let's skip six it's like the Mortal uh, combat I, movie you know you need a player you know an audience yeah, surrogate sorry. yeah exactly. duncan the turtle uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, I'm the sort that watches horror movies to relax or go to sleep because I find their formulaic nature comforting and the mm. space for riffing and referencing on genre conventions deeply rewarding. But for me, horror and games is a very different experience. Something about being put uh, in the place of the protagonist dips into the primal soup at the bottom of my soul and electrifies it. It gives me access to thrills that hark back to how I felt about video games when I was a kid, which finally brings me to my question. Uh, when do you remember horror games first gripping you? Which game was it and how did it feel? My first memory of horror and games really taking hold of me was seeing my cousin play Silent Hill, probably far too young at about 10 years old. Uh, there was some sort of skinned corpse tied to a chain link fence, uh, horribly spotlit by a torch or a streetlight. My stomach turned, but I also felt butterflies and was drawn to that experience, more, uh, drawn to experience more of this awful thrill. I think from that moment on, I was a horror fan, though I was unfortunate to grow up uh, during the torture porn garbage horror years of the 2000s. Same. 
So it took a while for me to find my footing. And so I wondered, particularly for Patrick, given his love of the genre, what those first experiences were like for y'all. Apologies for the long email. I'd love to hear your thoughts. P.S. Some very kind words about loving the site, etc., and uh, reframing some p- political views and etc. So thank you so much uh, uh, for yeah, that. Yeah, thank you, Duncan. Uh, uh, what, Patrick, what what was it? What was what, your Resident Evil One? Like, funnily yeah. enough, is like the is the formative first impression I can remember of like a a horror game uh, specifically. I didn't really get into horror as like a uh, like a film. You know, I mean, I saw things because I was a young yeah. person and like you know saw Alien and you know saw Hostel when I was in high school. You know, like just because. But like, I'd actually become like a like a genre fan until college, like AMC's uh, mm-hmm. used to air like marathon Halloween movies all through October. And I would just like put that on in college. And uh, that, uh, you know, the movie Hellraiser was like my first like entry into that, like, like really like caring about like, Oh, like this, these movies can be more than just like a cheap thrill uh, sort, sort of thing. And then when I met my wife, she like had spent her whole life adoring horror films. And so that kind of yeah. set me on that, that path from, from films. But, yeah, the first Resident Evil, which was like such a big deal when that came out on the on the yeah. PS One, and it's also why like there's a like, w- weird relationship with horror in that I don't like experiencing it by myself particularly. So it's strange when I like playing a Resident Evil Village by myself, and that I don't I love being scared, but when I play a horror game by my like strictly by myself, like in the dark, I do yeah. enjoy it. But I don't get the same enjoyment that I get like when I'm watching it with, uh, you know, a movie with a friend or in a theater, like a packed, you know, uh, you know, a theater or uh, um, streaming a game in which I still experience the thrill. But I I like the little bit of safety that I get with um, a, you know, having someone near you. It's why I was like, it's like, you know, if something like ever happened to my wife, like, I don't know that I would watch. I'd be all that interested in, yeah. I'd probably be interested in the medium, but like being like scared out of my mind by myself on a couch, like I don't know that it was like nearly as appealing. And so even with Resident Evil 1, my primary memory of that is playing it with friends watching me backseat right. gaming. We would, my, uh, my house was right around the corner from the high school and was also like the place that my friends would go um, even after middle school. A couple, uh, two of my best friends growing up, we all got off at the same stop. And my house was the closest from the middle school bus stop. And so I, I believe Resident Evil 1 came out when I was, I want to say it was in, in was that 1996? Uh, I want to say. Was, yeah. That um, sounds right. Uh, either yeah, way, it was correct. like. That's correct. Yeah. And so that means I was 11. Um, so yeah. that was either eighth grade or I forget how the years split on that stuff. But, you know, I was, I was pretty young. Got got that game and we would, they, they would come over and they would sit on like sit on my bed and I would boot up resident evil and I would like, you know, I, the seek, I, you know, remember so vividly the sequence of going down the hallway and the, you know, the, the dogs bursting through the window and all of us screaming, like the, the first time that you try to exit through the front door of the mansion yeah. and like, it cuts to like the, you know, the grimy CG cutscene of a, a dog trying to dog. like yeah. bite your hand, like revisiting that same, uh, hallway with the dogs and the fucking spiders being, I mean, mm-hmm. like I, I, and I, it was such a joy to play that game with an audience. Like it was like an early, like an early version of like streaming games in which I, there was like a performative aspect to it because I was the person playing the game in front of yeah, uh, my that's friends. Um, yeah. And so 
that's my first experience. And and I did play Silent Hill. And you know, like I when I yeah, think yeah, back yeah. to I, I definitely played a decent number of horror games. It was like part of my repertoire, but it wasn't until much later that it became like an elevated genre in terms of my personal interest. Yeah, I, I can do it in a weird way where obviously I like I'm not the horror fan that you are. Um, but I, but thinking about this question is really fascinating because I, it, it puts me in in thoughts about my my more general arc. Where now, like there are lots of horror movies like I watch now, like when when it makes sense to, when it, a bunch of friends are watching something, uh, even by myself if I think something's going to be really good. Um, whereas when I was young, when I was a kid, like you know under ten, I was so terrified of it to the degree of like horror movie paraphernalia scared me. One of my babysitters, I had a, I had a, a babysitter um, uh, named Raina, whose whole family was also sort of like an extended family to me. Uh, she and, and her brother Manny, Manny was only a few years older than me, and so Manny was like into video games and always had, like Manny had a Neo Geo. You know what I mean? Damn. It was one of those situations, right? Um, uh, had a, had a, a Sega CD before anybody else I knew. You know, like that Did was the Did he have the, the adapter like, so you could put the arcade carts into the Neo Geo because they were the same I hardware? I don't remember. Probably I was so not. young. Do you know what I mean, right? Right. This was, and that was like my, you know, up until I was old enough to just stay home when my mom went to work or whatever. Or, you know, when my dad wasn't around to, to pick yeah. me up or whatever. Um, and like Manny had a Freddy Krueger glove and just seeing it <laughs> terrified me. I had an uncle, an uncle and an aunt, uh, Ralph and Elaine, who loved horror movies. And I remember once I was staying over their house for like three days, and I was so afraid they would make me watch a horror movie with them because I was so Aww. terrified. Uh, and, and of course, the thing that happens here is um, there's a. I, I was just reading an interview with Phil Elverum uh, 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 of uh, Mount Erie and the microphones in which he um, talks about how when he first read about black metal, he imagined the music as being like like hell incarnate because he never heard it before. Right. He was a music nerd from the Pacific Northwest, and he'd heard like metal before, but not black metal, not this image of like – especially if you read about the history of, of, of black metal and the violence that gets done and some of its connections to white supremacy – there's, there's a it, difference it between terrifying. like uh, Metallica and Megadeth and uh, <laughs> and then like Burzum, right? I mean, like you imagine you read about like the history of this Norwegian black metal scene and like, oh, my God, when I hear this, it's going to fuck me up. And then he heard it. He was like this. They're kind of <laughs> whining. And that ended up being my experience with horror where I ended up stumbling into seeing, you know, my way into horror film ended up being sci-fi horror, right? Sure. So like Alien, obviously. Um, and, and, and Alien 3. In fact, in fact, in the video game world, the Alien 3 Genesis game. Sure, There's a lot of games game. that were not horror games, but did play on horror visuals and stuff. Um, Parasite love the, love the ABP, is another one. Uh, uh, beat em up, uh, the Capcom. That beat em up is incredible. Uh, that, that beat em up is great. But the Alien 3 game on Genesis, lots of games that play on that atmosphere. And Alien 3 actually, is maybe an early is it is that like a precursor to the survival horror game because there's lots of like ammo stuff and you're trying to rescue rescue people and you're whatever anyway that uh the Friday the 13th NES game yep. uh which is I guess explicitly horror um but things like Slaughterhouse uh also like, I had some of that stuff but then like seeing when I was like 12 I saw Event Horizon and like yeah. going from nothing to Event Horizon was like oh I can handle this this isn't that was scary as shit. I was scared the whole time and I probably had nightmares, but it was fine and it was interesting. And at that point, I was able to then, I mean, I think even before I saw Event Horizon, Resident Evil was just such a big splash that I played that. But then after seeing Event Horizon, I specifically remember 
feeling different about horror to the degree that I finally played more of Silent Hill. My friend, I want to say Michael, what was his name? I don't remember his name. Someone who lived near me at the time had lent me his copy of Silent Hill. And he was like, Austin, if you like Resident Evil, you have to play this. This is so much better than Resident Evil. And I played it the first time he gave it to me. He loaned it to me. I was like, yeah, sure, totally. I love Resident Evil. And I played it and I was like, I got like, you know, seven minutes in. I was like, I can't play this video game. It's too much for me. Yeah, but then after seeing event horizon and being like i can i can withstand horror as a 12 year old who you know thought he knew the world uh uh i finally was able to like go back and play that game and was like this is sick this is really good um and then and then the thing that i think the other half of it is learning that horror can be campy um and that especially came out as i got older in high school and then especially in college when i had a friend named anthony who just like took me down the road of horror movies and like showed me a bunch of shit that I had not seen. But I discovered before. Sam Raimi. Like I hundred percent growing, That's exactly Sam growing Raimi. up, yeah. It's it's I think it's interesting to look back where like there were two things. There was like I had uh, uh I love the X Files, it was my favorite show right. growing up, which really is Monster of the Week horror and thriller mm-hmm. and sci fi horror. And so even though I tell myself like, oh I didn't really love horror until I saw things like Hellraiser and I got older, like, well, but you also spent the entirety of your youth ex- obsessed with the the X Files right, and extraterrestrials right, yeah. and aliens and a lot of that is playing in that in that same space. Yeah. Um, and then it was around that same you could time. Find these things that are like they're in that space, but they also are. A, this is again for me it was science fiction horror, where like Alien is terrifying, but there's a spaceship. Event Horizon is yeah. terrifying, but there's a spaceship. Yep. F- follow it's not, the, it's the not like down the street. Your house right, hasn't been invaded. Exactly. Which it's again, not, it's, for not me, Fred, it's not Freddy invading your dreams. Right, exactly. I have dreams. I don't want Freddy in those <laughs> dreams. Um, I I have to, you know, uh, one of my earliest road trips was me, uh, my dad, my grandmother, my uncle, and I want to say my dad's fiance at the time, but maybe it was somebody who was packed in this fucking car going to South Carolina to visit my uncle. Um, and that road trip through like the South, right? The, and that's not even deep South necessarily. Right. Um was scary to me because it was the first time my dad had to have a conversation with me about like why we can't just go anywhere necessarily right. um and 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 also and also shout out to my dad who might be listening to this just because he listens to all the podcasts uh was also the first time my dad just ignored and maybe the only time my dad so f- just fervently ignored rules of the road to just <laughs> drive up on a hill to get around a huge traffic jam at one point that was a, he was like I don't want to be here. It's the middle of the night. We're already running three hours late, uh, and just drove up. But anyway, so because of that sort of stuff and just general fears of small towns and rural America, like stuff like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is like not I can't I could yeah. not do it at the time. Um, uh, I think probably until like the Rob Zombie flicks took that style of story right. and, and pumped it to a thousand to where it becomes almost humorous again because yeah it's the, so a lot of Rob Zombie stuff of is, is, is high class camp or tr- trying yeah. to I don't trying to be I don't love those stuff. movies necessarily yeah. but yeah anyway they're very stylish but yeah. yeah but yeah like finding that through line is what did it for me and and I think that that, that helped a lot uh, also just bad FMV horror games watching Vinny play through and this was years later obviously but play through like phantasmagoria mm-hmm. and some of the giant bomb people. yeah i played a lot of that stuff that stuff is it's so bad but so interesting so horror is an interesting is an interesting genre um i'm gonna skip this one yep uh i do think this is funny someone wrote in to be like isn't it strange how the reveal that mia was a secret agent of a bioterror organization was completely forgotten about in village yep yeah 
Yeah, it was weird. You're right. 100%. Uh, what do you do about this one from Jan uh, here? Uh, um, sure. Uh, highway point, mechanical question here. How do you feel about the game's inventory system? Unlike the other recent games, keys, crafting items, and treasures no longer occupy inventory space, meaning you barely ever have to do any inventory management. Personally, I think it's a change for the worse. Having to purposely leave items on the ground because you couldn't fit them in your bag meant you had to begin planning routes, analyzing the map, thinking ahead of time about what key items you'll need. I never had to do that in Resident Evil Village, which felt like a bummer. Still a good game, though. R.I. fucking P to Ethan's hands. Lots of love. <laughs> Jan. Yeah, I. it just... Yeah, I mean, I... I'm of two minds on this. All right, I, don't, the theory, I, don't, hmm, I don't have that much love you don't love it you don't love being like how do i fit this no like this rocket ammo or this it feels like a a a, like a a relic that i'm nostalgic for in the sense that like it was interesting but i don't know that i need it in my games anymore like i'd rather they find those tension points elsewhere than i think ammo specifically there are still moments where i was low on ammo and they showed that they could do that and low or yeah. low enough that I was like switching right. to different yes. weapons that yes. was not the weapon I wanted to use. Anytime I used a shotgun shell where I would have preferred to use three pistol bullets yeah. is a good moment in that game because I go like, oh, ah, and it does, but it works. And so I think that part they, they kept. I the moment the thing that this person doesn't mention that I felt bummed about was there's no crate because there's no real inventory crunch. I mean, as long as you buy the inventory upgrades, there's no crunch. That's the thing, right? You don't run out of inventory space if you buy the a couple of those inventory upgrades that show up. Right. Um, but I guess if you don't, then you have to juggle things a little bit, probably. I Like, there was one time that I was told it won't fit, and I just, like, but moved, I just to move, stuff, moved a thing right? in space, and it was like, yes. now it fits. Now it seems, fits. seems silly. You know, that's one of those things where it's like, th- this feels like if you're going to do it, then do it. Just do Otherwise, it yeah. toss it out, because I, I don't know that it's a value did, add. And I, if anything, it ends up being a subtraction in the way that Jan responded to it of like, right. like, what are we even doing here? Yeah. I guess it encouraged me to sell my old guns instead of put them in my chest and just like let them collect dust. Yeah. I, it's probably a change for the better in terms of what the overall design of this game is. Uh, I think the second that you're not managing keys and herbs and stuff, it, it, it becomes such a different game. And I guess the thing that part of the thing there, I guess, as a game designer, when I think about pacing something them knowing that you will have access to X green herbs and chem fluid at all times because you've gotten through that section and you didn't go put them in a chest somewhere lets them know how to balance combat encounters because they know you have a minimum number or an estimated also, the, number. The, the crafting of system is items. your box. Yeah. Like they, yeah. They, they, they just repurpose it as a crafting system. Yeah. Because but the things have you, it all the time. Right. The things you would be putting in the box are the things you can craft. It's like, oh, I need more yeah. shotgun bullets. Oh, I need an extra health thing. And it's like, you can you can make five health things at any like at almost at, at any, any time, point. and yeah. those would just be the first aid sprays that you've yeah. you know dumped yeah. into your. I just your I also just love that when RE four happened and the first aid spray joke really spread of like this guy just got hit with a chainsaw or whatever, and now he's gonna spray some some stuff on him to heal up has now turned all the way into it's a it's a bottle of liquid and you pour it on yourself to reattach your hand. Sure, why not? Why not? Um. All right, uh, Emil writes in uh, and says, sorry, I was reading this excellent piece by uh, uh, Kazuma Hashimoto, uh, Hashimoto over at Polygon. Uh, uh, Kazuma Hashimoto, by the way, a great a great writer and a really good uh, Twitter follow. You should you should do a search. Uh, I'm trying to remember what, there we go. It's Justice Kazi, two Zs, and then an underscore uh, 
uh, he is a he's a translator. He's a, like a game translator, uh, game translator slash Resident Evil liker over on Twitter. Um, I was reading this piece by Kazuma uh, over at Polygon about how the real horror of the Resident Evil series is about uh, eugenics and state slash corporate uh, financed human experimentation. Do you think there's room in the Resident Evil series to treat these subjects with the weight and seriousness they deserve and put them more on the forefront of the game, or is the goofiness and the the uh, stupid things that happen to the protagonist? and their crew integral to making these games work. Like, could the games do more to highlight that uh, this, as there are a hell of a lot of fans who seemingly don't understand that, for example, Wesker is a neo-Nazi and social <laughs> Darwinist and so on. Thanks for the pod and all the good work y'all keep doing, Emil. I, I have two answers to this, and they're literally opposite questions, or opposite all answers. Right. Please. One is, I don't trust this team to take these issues more seriously Correct. or more directly. The second is, and I am not the horror fan that you are, but right. horror often works in the realm of metaphor and in the realm of adjacency and tan- tangentiality in which what it wants to do is evoke take a take a take a question and evoke an emotional response around it take a desire or fear and illustrate or animate it in a way that is compelling and emotional um that's not to say that horror cannot delve into material interesting concerns in a direct and thoughtful way. Um, but when I think about the horror stuff that sticks with me, it often is playing with or is, um, you know, exploring a topic emotionally more than in an intellectualized academic way. Right. Because to do that is to seek an answer instead of to confront the horror of not having the answer about something. Well, it's, it's you know why what I, I mean. I associate part of the reason I like horror is I associate it with catharsis. I, I, sure. I and I, 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 horror being like almost a purely emotional genre. Like a lot of the, you know, it, it, it you know, I, you know, often, you know, akin to like riding a roller coaster. Like I like being scared, but like I like doing that. I like exploring death. I like exploring right, how right. I feel about loss. I like exploring all those things through horror. And like I don't need it to be. Not that like horror can't be smart. Like I certainly don't want to make like that. That is like I hate. But that even but I don't want to go past that and say even if when horror doesn't do this, it can be smart. It can right. be smart without being explicit in its right in its political themes or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah. I don't. I don't need it to. Yeah, I, I think we're on the same page. And yeah, yeah I, 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 think, I think even like really what we would consider. Uh, you know, like smart horror. I forget what the the bullshit term that people uh, elevated, elevated, elevated elevated horror, horror is. God, you know what people yeah. use for. Anything A24 A24 releases, uh, get out, (laughs) um, you know, Uh which is basically like, "Mm, like a a smarty pants where where, where it's got something to say. And it's like, I think that diminishes the power of uh, other types of, and I think folks like Peel who comes, is born molded from like the reason he can do the horror that he does is because he spent time with what, you know, what otherwise be considered, you know, or characterized as lesser horror, but like that stuff just working often on a more guttural level. Like I, th- I think Get right. Out and Us are examples of like, those are not like, I, I don't consider those like necessarily like academic explorations of their subject, but it, no. it is it is operating on a different level. It is working with theme and in, in a way that is not necessarily as like base as like a mm-hmm. lot of horror, but that's often what I'm looking for out of horror is like I want to explore like those base emotions, experience catharsis and work through yeah. like my reactions to those emotions. And, and it's difficult to be clear. It's yeah. difficult to uh, – sorry, but I don't, I don't mean that it's – I mean I do think it's difficult to make horror. But what I, what I will say is one particular danger is to, is to 
delve into something in a way that makes it very hard for people to know, one, if you're delving into it in a way that's genuine and thoughtful, um, two, in a way that is approachable by a lot of people. Um, I'm reading the Berserk manga now, mm-hmm. finally, um, because Miura, who was the author and the the uh, artist behind it, just died, um, and that's a that's a seinen like you know young young man's you know manga about you know a bunch of mercenaries and monsters, uh, uh, highly influential to series like Dark Souls, uh, Dragon's Dogma takes a lot from it, etc. It's really good, but it's also a scene. It's also a sh- a, a series that delves into horror with all of the um all of the velocity of schlocky horror films that are willing to use like sexual violence as uh, a, a cudgel it also is a on top of that being true it is also a series about trauma surviving trauma um it gives its main characters a lot of room to explore the traumas the, the terrible traumas that they've faced uh i don't want to like dismiss that part of it necessarily nor do i want to hand wave that i think the inclusion of that stuff makes it very hard for people to get into in a way that's completely understandable um but i also think that it comes from a desire to engage with questions of fear and desire um uh, sexual and otherwise questions of power i mean also this is a 30 year old manga at this point so the the mores have changed and the etc but and I don't know well, that horror I is want, often. I feel like like the, this best is genre, the best genre to reflect the advancement of culture. A hundred percent, right? Like, I've, 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 I've heard like a really fascinating. You know, I've often bristled at like the like the rape revenge uh, horror, which is like a very uh, those have been around for a long time, and I've right. I bristle at those, but I've also read like very fascinating like uh, uh, like feminist uh, analysis of like the arc of the that as a genre and how it reflects sure. the sexuality of like norms of a culture um, in a way that's like oh like you know you know it doesn't necessarily like make you want to watch that movie but it, like it's it's stuff like that like there is worth yeah I just think horror is a very interesting way of holding up a mirror to culture and, even, and if the, wa- even if I- even if the film itself is not doing it it reflects what people are thinking about and are anxious about I want the space for that for that story to be told while I also desperately want to be clear that I don't think that it should be anyone's responsibility to expose themselves no. to those stories. No, God, no. Uh, or, or that all of them do it well <laughs> right, <laughs> in any right. way. Absolutely. I do think that there is schlocky and exploitative work that uses, uh, you know, sexual assault and, and even just even types of different types of violence. Yes. Uh, and even racialized violence, right? Like the, uh, g- Get Out should not have served as an open invitation for especially white directors to start, le- you know, coming in and being like, we can show more ba- black pain. Um, uh, we can show that this is an effective model for for storytelling or something uh, or for horror like that. That alone doesn't do it for me. Um, and so, like, I, I think that there is a, a space here for horror to delve into difficult topics, including things like eugenics. Uh, and in many ways, Resident Evil is already doing that. It, uh, but I don't know that. Again, I don't trust this specific team to do it explicitly. And and two, in relation to that, I think that an implicit and uh, uh, kind of thematic or metaphorical exploration of those anxieties is just as can be just as potent. Uh, in this format, at least, you know, uh, in, in terms of being able to, to delve in on that stuff. So thank you, Emil, for the, for the very thoughtful question. I really appreciate that. Um, 
Speaking of horror things doing fucked up shit, first time, long time here, unsigned. Uh, I'm sure you're going to talk about this anyway, but do you think that the Duke as a character surpasses his god-awful design with his personality and the fact that he's basically your only friend in the game and seems to genuinely want you to succeed? It also helps that his role in the game makes you relieved and happy to see him whenever you do. Thanks for reading. Um, I, again, saw people saying shit like, you know, I was really upset by the fatphobic design of the Duke at first, but by the end of the game, he was one of my favorite characters. And to that I say, was he a character? Tell me anything you know about the Duke. Uh, well, th- I, the most interesting thing that the Duke says is probably his final line. Uh, or no, the line before that. There's like the final the final sequence where Ethan is in his carriage. Yeah. And Ethan uh-huh. says, who are you? Yep. And he says, well, not even I can really answer that question. Which one was like, I really like that line. But uh, two, yeah. that's like the most you ever get into like, what is the Duke? He's, I mean... It's it's so frustrating to me, dude, to be like like it's a very funny can, question. Like it's, it's a very you, funny. If, if you want to just argue that like the voice actor did a good job creating it, like, a hundred personality, yes, they did. Like absolutely, the voice the he voice acting pro- does an incredible amount of work. I think and is the only thing that gets you to the place that people are are talking about. Because I don't to, like have any- that character and to not even get a single document, as far as I've seen, about him right. in any way means that he only gets to stand as the visual gag, like. There is, yes, you feel comforted when you see him. It felt good to to hear his elevator show up in the workshop in the factory level. Oh, the first like, oh, when you cool. when you when you open the shutter yes. and you realize yeah. you've just opened the other side, and it's like, oh, yes. Yes. awesome, cool. When he comes up to your level, like again, very cool because it feels like a safe place. But there's not, as far as I've seen, you just don't get anything about who he is. And maybe that'll come out in DLC or something, but there's no characterization beyond his fatness, the groans he makes when you are in his menus, his love of food, um, the uh, down to the fact that he's surrounded by large sausages and breads and stuff in the thing. Uh, like, he's just a big walking fat joke, and it sucks because they just don't do anything with it outside of he's your big walking fat joke, you know? And, they, and it's I not even hidden in, like there, like there are other like deeply like you know problematic characters in Ari, Resident Evil and how they treat you know yes. even even Moreau you know himself right. is dealing with a lot right. of like but but they at least talk about Moreau's anxiety around him, which isn't necessarily well done necessarily no but he at least gets some history <laughs> right right and 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 is and, and even that is like in some ways explicitly sort of like non-human right like there's there's like distance here whereas this is just yeah. like it's just this really big dude and. Yeah, I'm not just I'm not going to get happy. I'm not going to get excited about jolly fat guy like he ain't the first jolly fat guy. This is a (laughs) a, a well-established trope, right? Um, I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, And and and, you know, I, I don't know how often I've said this lately or rather I've said this a lot lately. I I think one of the big differences about me being 35 going on 36 um, and maybe some of our younger listeners is I grew up surrounded by this shit surround. Like there's no, there's no escape of like the fat joke character uh, shows and movies filled with racism and homophobia. Uh, it was everywhere. And like learning to navigate the world for me was learning to sit with that. Right. As someone with depression, how many fucking and anxiety, how many stories are about crazy people mm-hmm. that I had to like watch that shit or read that shit and feel like, I was like broken as a human because my brain didn't work the way other people's brains worked. 
or the way I, I felt that other people's brains were working. Um, and I think that process, I happened to develop a hard skin to a lot of it. Um, that does not mean that that should be the way the world is. Um, uh, you shouldn't have to do that necessarily, but I did. And in many ways, I'm grateful that I did because it lets me play a game like this and I'm not forced out of, I, I'm uncomfortable or I'm frustrated but I'm able to play through past something like the Duke. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like seeing the Duke and going like, well, I have to turn this game off now because it's too uncomfortable for me. So I'm glad I've developed that thick skin. Um, but 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 I also am not going to pretend that that shit isn't bad. It's just that it's everywhere. Like there just isn't a pure work for me. And growing up, I certainly couldn't go on itch and find games made by people who looked and sounded and like lived the way I did or the way my, you know, the way my mind worked, it just wasn't available to me. And so I think part of that was developing um, techniques to navigate stuff like that or te techniques to bracket my uncomfortable feelings about someone like the Duke and being able to enjoy the game. And the game gives you no that. way to compartmentalize it either. Right. No, like at no. least, at least with, you know, even like, you know, like a character like Moreau, like something has happened to him out of his control. Like he, he yeah. was, you know, uh, uh, changed by something like the mole like the mole like e e whatever mm -hmm. you know problematic you know uh history that like the artists may be pulling on in their depictions like the character itself like yes. who you are seeing are people something terrible has been done to them and i'm not trying to draw an analogy that like being fat that something wrong has been done no, to no, totally totally I, what i'm just saying is you're not given any anything with that's where any sort of characterization Maybe it wouldn't have necessarily like left you feeling like this is great. I'm no, glad this is. There's but there would have been the lack something. of investment means something, right? right? Like that's the. I, I think I think about a lot in terms of um, the history of game or a way of an, of analyzing games, especially games as any game is where were the resources put? What was prioritized? Um, uh, and and a good example of this is looking at like a uh, a game like Life is Strange that has two endings. One of them is really expansive. With a musical number and like there's all sorts of like, you know, all sorts of finality associated with it. And there's another ending that's over in the blink of an eye and it wraps up very quickly and you don't have that big sense of uh, invested resolution because it doesn't get the big multi-minute thing. Uh, you see this in visual novels a lot where like some routes get unique art, they get unique um, music, they get big plot beats. And other ones don't. Other ones, you're just getting the same, you know, established art and then like a few lines of text. And I'm not saying that everything needs 100%. You're allowed to, as an artist, make decisions about what you want to prioritize, obviously. But when it happens like this, where it's like, well, the fat character, he could just say he's a mystery at the end and we're good, no big deal, is is telling about where that prioritization happened. Someone made decisions about where that went and what needed to get finished or needed to be included or needed to get told and what didn't. And, and I think that that's a very useful way to look at works. Uh, and, and yes, often, especially in something as complicated as video games, that prioritization is not clean because it reflects a failure uh, in a in a system along the way or a process. Just does, some stuff just doesn't get finished sometimes. But I do really truly believe that like, if it two years ago someone said, well, if we're going to include this character, he's got to have an interesting story. He's got to have some characterization beyond just being a jolly dude who you don't trust at first and come to trust because he's always at your save point. That would get in the game. And in also some you're going to hunt food for him and he's going to make also you're gonna, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. no, noises. Yeah, while, yeah, noises. You know what I mean? Like it he's is going to joke not about how, yes, you can have some of the food he made. Right. You know, um, so, yeah, that's 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 it.
Uh, a few more here. Um, this one I'm just going to summarize. This one's from Pippin, sure. who basically says, I only got into the Resident Evil games uh, with the Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, currently, he's playing 7. Uh, hey, should I go back and play these games? Are the original ones really good? Um, they, they had tried 4 and the first remake in the past. Uh, but they never really clicked with them. Um, and and now, you know, with the RE4 remake, should I just wait for that? Or should I go back and are those early games worth playing? At this point, Capcom seems interested in, like, revisiting the franchise. And I, I think that will, at some point, include actually just revisiting Resident Evil 1. Like, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if they um, went and actually, you know, I think they... They did a hell of a job with that remake from, you know, 15 years yeah. ago. I think that uh, it's it's a, it's a really – it does a really good job of straddling the line of updating that, making it feel fresh and modern while keeping a lot of the, the bones of, of that original game. But that's that's hard to go back to. I think RE, I think RE2 is, is absolutely worth playing. At this point, I would wait for Resident Evil 4. I mean, like, they're, they're, it seems like they're going through the canon, like – um, I'll be fascinated to see if they feel compelled to have to essentially redo Code Veronica from scratch because a lot of that game just doesn't work. Um, and you wouldn't be able to just remake. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I think he would have a really hard time playing a lot of those older games. And at the pace that Capcom is now making these games, which is one a year, swapping between an original game and yeah, uh, a, a revisiting of the past, and they've they've since proven that they're really. I think they do a really good job. I think RE2 does not erase that original game. You can still get it if you, you know, wanted to go and play that after. But, like, I think it ca- as someone that, like, played that game at the time, revisited it later, mm-hmm. played the new one, I think it perfectly captures what was special about that and makes it playable and approachable in a modern context. And at this point, I would just kind of – like, RE4 is hard to play. Like, it's, yeah. like, so yeah. painful to say, it's, you know, like, as a game that is for a lot of people considered one of, you know, the GOATs. Uh, but – like I, I looked yep. at that, like that the upcoming Oculus edition, which uses a lot of the same assets, um, same structure. I'm I'm interested to play that version of yeah. the game because it's like a it's just a different approach. But man, it's hard to fucking look at. Like it, it it truly is, and you can't help but look at that and go, God, if they could do what they did to RE2 to RE4, like that would just be. I'd be happy to play that. Again, so my, my advice a point, is to, wait. to a point. Do you think we're like three years off from you again being able to look at it and be like, yeah, this looks this looks not good, but I think a thing that happens with, with a lot of folks in games is sometimes something is old enough that it looks bad, but new enough that it looks bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That like at this point, PS1 games don't look bad to me. They no. look like PS1 games. Yeah. And at some point. Presumably, will RE4 look like that? Like, yeah, it just looks like a game from that from that era, not bad. Well, I or guess it's, just, it's just a. I guess it's a question of like, what does this person what does this person want? Do they? Yeah, do yeah, you yeah. do you want to have in some like closer to what was it like for me, for you, for a lot of people to play Resident Evil Four for the first time? Then you should yeah. wait for the new one. If you just want to have like a broader sense of the arc of this series, then yeah, like I go go into that game knowing. That like that's what you're there for. Um, because I don't know that they'll get what we got from that series at the time necessarily with the with a remake. But I also don't think they'll get it from the original. I think that like right, what we right. had from RE4 at the time is just they got they got it from RE from the RE2 remake. They got yeah. something like it from a different game. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think that that's just that is what it is. Like I don't think I think that we should give up on the hope of cap of recapturing what someone originally would have felt because our contexts are just so different. Yeah, like. 
RE4, we know this, right? RE4 is one of those games that helped inspire, like, Gears of War, which then led to a billion cover-based shooters. Right. Right? And so, like, if you've played the Last of Us series, then going to play RE4 is never going to feel like the way we did. Which which is uh, a part of the problem for The Evil Within. When Shinji Mikami, right. totally. you know, totally. was the creative director of a lot of Resident Evil games, like, you know... uh you know, was one of the chief designers, which I think creative director on RE4 and is credited with a lot of like the, the really like groundbreaking ideas that was introduced in that sequel. And then he decided to come back and do another one of those with Evil Within. And like what you saw was a game that was in conversation with itself as opposed to the games that it had influenced as a result. Right. And that was a right. really tough game to play as a result. And so like that's yeah. that's I think that, you know in a very real way with like the, the the chief architect of RE4 like illustrates exactly what you're saying of like there's just no you know there's no way to f- to feel it the way that the people felt it when it came out because the context just changes the moment it's released and everything else reacts to it totally uh Dan writes in and says uh, despite the number of players and critics excitedly warning people of how scary the Beneviento house was I wasn't too spooked by it one of the reasons was uh, why is that is when I had my guns taken away from me all of the built-up suspense after entering the house and going down to the basement dissipated. I, I think knowing that I didn't have to defend myself from whatever might be lurking below and the game limiting my options for survival to run away greatly decreased the intensity of the situation. I knew exactly what to do at every moment, and with the basement being so small, it was easy to navigate without getting lost. What were your feelings while playing this section? P.S. That baby was adorable. I was laughing when I saw that big Fuck old baby. Off. was not scared one bit. I wanted to give it a hug. Regards, Dan. And follow up quickly, Ryan from Florida. What's up? Did y'all get swallowed by that yeah. fucking baby, though? <laughs> yeah, I did. It's just wild. Love the pod. Take care. I did not get swallowed by the baby. You should look it up. Can you look it up uh, right now? Baby, well, yeah, I'll, I'll answer not, this I'm, question I'm, while you look you, up this you video. You start answering this question. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think probably that section definitely suffered from a bit, which often happens in, in horror. Like, this thing is the scariest thing you have ever seen. And that sets expectations in a way. Like, part of what makes that section work I think is the surprise of it uh-huh. is that you you I did not expect there were to be anything like that in the game. And so then coming across it completely took me by surprise, which yeah. then lowered my guard in a way that I was not anticipating, um, which is why this I, baby I, is yeah. wild. Yeah. You getting are you getting swallowed? I'm getting swallowed. This is like the opposite of that bit in actually is the same as that bit in the death in Death Stranding. Remember that Death Stranding trailer? Yes. Where it zooms in the throat, yeah. This, that's they like that's the whole thing. I mean, this this is a great um, this is a great illustration of the thing that I was saying before about how horror works in the realm of metaphor, right? Which is like this whole game is Ethan trying to find his baby, and also when he sees a big baby, when he when in his hallucinogenic state, what he <laughs> imagines is going to come and kill him is a big baby, right? And he's going to get swallowed by. You know, uh, there's there's a lot to unpack. there. <laughs> I will not do my armchair psychoanalysis, but there's a lot to work through there. Um, and that is part of what makes horror so great is you could tell a story about a dad trying to save his baby. And then the scariest thing in it is a, b- a big baby monster. Uh, I was scared by that section. Uh, I just had a, a conversation um, uh, a couple of days ago um, with with uh, Ash over at. Uh, Kotaku, or not a conversation, but you know, we yeah. tweeted, we tweeted back and forth the equivalent of being like, "Did you? Did I? When I? Duh, like that style uh-huh. of, of of thing, which 
basically like the thing that I'll say that I did a bunch in that section was every time I went in that room for a second that had the typewriter and I was like, I gotta, I just gotta make a new save. Yep. Every time I got a key, I was like, I gotta, I gotta make a new save. Sorry. I just got it real quick. Let me just quickly, uh, I hope I, I took one piece off the mannequin. You know, <laughs> let me just do a quick save just to be, I mean, just, just in case, you know what I mean? Um, and, and that make that sec, that section was great. I think because of my fear there, even though it's kind of a, like, like this, you know, person says, like the second you lose your guns, you know, you're not going to get into a gunfight, but that still made me, uncomfortable i didn't well feel and safe. one of my uh one of the things that i was scared of the most growing up was um there in order to get my my parents had a you know a fridge in the garage and that's where like you know junk like soda and like yeah, long-term right. storage of di- you know different like cold things went but that's that's where the soda went and so uh you wanted to get one of those you had to go out there and to get there i you had to go down this long, I had to go down, you know, down the stairs from the mm-hmm. kitchen, across the living room, and I distinctly remember turning left, and it was a dark hallway to get there, to get to the door, to the garage. And yeah. later in life, my parents put on this extra room in the back, and the lights were always off in that room and in that hallway because they were only on if my dad was home. My dad was a salesperson um, and was was always on the road, just just constantly gone. Um, and so he wasn't home. Those lights were off and you wanted to go get that soda. You mm-hmm. needed to go down that hallway. And my mom was always mad if you left the light on, which meant that you could turn the light on to get there. And then you'd grab the soda, come out. And then you had, and where the switch was, you couldn't do it at the bottom. Like you had right, to do it right. on your way out, which meant I had this long, dark hallway behind me. And I always had the sense that there was something following something, me. And so I there. would, yeah. the amount of times I like nearly fucked up my ankle jumping down the stairs so I could just like scoop my ass out of there. And so I've always had a thing where when I have something behind me chasing me, like that just gets me so yeah. bad. Like even like 36, like I'll have moments like, like that in, you know, walking around, you know, doing whatever. And so that sequence is just like, yeah. th- I got this thing chasing me and I can hear it. And I know it's there. I know it's there. And not even like the baby, you know, I got two kids and I got, I have a baby. None of that like was, it was just, it was just weird. Like that, that didn't like have like a psychic effect on me, but just the idea of like bait this thing run and then, you know, like go put in the, you know, the piece into the elevator. Into to, the elevator to, stuff. And, and then when that thing starts chasing hope. you, is the, ele- ele- oh the elevator door is opening. Fuck. It's good. It's good. It's a good section. It's a great section. I'm glad they put that in there. Um, speaking of good sections, this one from Chris, I'm just going to summarize again. Longtime fan of Resident Evil series, uh, and, and it got them thinking about uh, old horror games that they love and missed. Um, while finally playing the Silent Hill series, a friend of mine started naming his favorite rooms in the series, like the Butterfly Room in Silent Hill 2's apartments. Question, do either of y'all have any single rooms you love in horror games? What do you think makes for a compelling combined or confined space in one of these? Much love and thank you for making my commutes better for years now. Thank you. Chris, is there any specific room that comes to mind that, that you love from horror games? I had an advantage because I looked at this and then I have a disadvantage because I had to read all those other questions and now I've forgotten what my answer was going to be. Uh, yeah. I really well, love I, I mean, the I like- holes in Silent Hill 2 where you jump down the hole in the historical society. Sure. And it becomes a prison. Uh, you're just like, there's a hole here. Do I jump in it? And you go, like, yeah. And then it changes what where you're well, at. Vi- Village, Village has a good uh, – there, there's a sequence where oh, – yeah, um, where, where is that? You go down a well. 
Um, oh, this, that well sequence is great. And actually, oh. in, 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 in the uh, in the Benvenuto house, like there is a sequence where you like go down the stairs, and there's also a yeah. well that you go yes. down. Like there's, there's a, a well. couple that, times that you, moment where you're like, is it twice? You just climb down the well, and w- there's a moment when the thing you pull up out of a well is like a staircase or mm-hmm. not a staircase, a, a ladder, and you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck you. That is a great moment when you realize that it's going to make you go down there. Um. Yeah. That. So that and like long. Like you know. Whenever I think you know. When I think of a horror game, I think of like the long hallway and long innocuous room. Like long, sure. long, long innocuous rooms, and then like that. A lot of things fit into that, which can be like in Silent Hill. You know the or like in any horror game, which is like going down a dark stairwell and you don't know yeah, it's at the yeah. bottom, or going down the well in in Village, or going down the long hallway in you know Resident Evil 1 before you know that the 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 dogs, the, the, the dogs are going to but so like those things so did like you, did you see that clip going around of someone playing RE1 for the first time and no. the dogs completely getting them it's very good, <laughs> That's good. it's like I'm yep glad. still works those dogs will still get you oh that makes um, me happy god what were i i said that to the whole thing but there was another there was another classic oh you know what i just remembered as in terms of talking about horror games one of the earliest games that i played that scared the shit out of me was Doom. Playing Doom sure. was incredibly scary to me because of the demons and the metal and just like the scare. It, it's not a horror game necessarily, but again, it's playing in that space. Also, it's just like fast and good. But uh, but yeah, fuck, I feel like I had a really good answer for this and now I've lost it. And that's that's a bummer. Um, oh, well, uh, that's how that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, only a couple more of these. Um, we had a couple questions and I'm just going to summarize again together. Uh, 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 Ariana wrote in basically saying, hey, one of the big things in RE games is replayability. Um, but do you think that having the map show you where all of the treasures and stuff are helps take away from that re- replayability? Because, like, you get all the collectibles, you get all the the secrets, you get all the treasures. Like, not only do the rooms turn blue when they're clear, but, like, straight up there are treasure chests on the map that tell you there are treasures here. Do you think that that uh, takes away um uh out of it uh uh or quote is the is the series going for something closer to the sony prestige template i guess presumably where you're like you get through the game you see all of the content and you get to check all the boxes i don't think it hits the sony prestige things i think that's so much more about the way a story is told yeah about the way you collect stuff because i think that you think about that template gets applied to open world action games like ghost of tsushima or days gone but also to very linear games like the uncharted series uh also um, I, th- I think but, i think actually our like village um finds a like a nice sweet spot which is like you and i lots of people right are gonna play right. it once and yeah. want to do yep. as much as they can on that first playthrough um and so having that stuff marked was like really satisfying to be able to like go like pick and choose the things i wanted to do and not wanted to do and to, to kind of like the actual off. best room in the game the final brazier puzzle yes that we talked yes. about the other day yes which yes. is very, very good which is very funny but also like capcom has layered on a whole set of meta challenges right that right. like and you get hints of that when you beat the game where it's like hey th- actually there was a there, there there are achievements and trophies but then like su- sub challenges that you're using um in order to you know uh get points that you can yeah. unlock for features for future playthroughs like uh, kyle notes like one of those another letter we got basically with someone saying i love I enjoyed lumping as many challenges together as possible 
for replays, like getting the speedrun trophy plus the knives only trophy, using less than four healing juices, and buying nothing from the merchant. Yeah. This was a extremely rewarding experience on even the easiest difficulty. I'd recommend it if you're on the fence. All I have to do now is the mercenaries mode. So like, yeah, there are definitely people who are going through and doing all of those challenges. I haven't and I, touched and I, it. And I would prefer like the balance there where it's like, I feel like I feel very satisfied. Like I did like, we felt like 98% of what I wanted to do. And it's like, I didn't do the Benvenito like sub boss. There were like three different rooms where I just, right. even looking at a map like, from like Polygon's guide, it. I couldn't figure yeah. it out. And I was like, that's fine. I'm good. Oh, like, it's the worst not- one of those, the, there, hmm. Two bad ones for me. One of them was just a house in the village. I just could not fucking find the last thing. I just could not there's find like, it. And I felt there's like once or twice where you had to crouch and it would be like under, right. under yes. and I was like, thing. Yes. and the game doesn't ask you to do that often enough for you to even think that that's where you should be looking. The worst one in the game, in my opinion, is the foundry inside the factory. Okay. Because the last thing you need is the ball for the labyrinth puzzle. Right. And you get. It doesn't clear until you uh, – so again, for people who haven't played this game but are listening, there's a foundry, like a thing where you put like a mold in to then like mold something out of molten steel basically. And uh, you – it won't turn blue until you've done the last one of those. And how the fuck do I know that I – how did I – how would I have known that without looking up the guide that, that I'd done the last one of those? And there isn't just a secret thing under a shelf somewhere that I've missed. Right. Uh, but finally, I found the last one. I, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, there's one of these things. I want to like, finish those anyway, so it's fine. But but yes, I, I this balance worked for me because I'm only going to play it once. I'm not the person who's going to go through and play these challenges. I don't have the time for it. And people seem really, really happy with it. the replayability of That's this good. one specifically. I know lots of people played – play these games over and over. This has always been a thing with these games. Like when RE2 came out, I played through again to try to unlock Tofu and who's the other, who's the other character? The, the, um, uh, shit. Cause Tofu is an actual walking Tofu. And then there's a, there's a, there's yeah, a, there's also the dude, right? Oh, damn. Who? Uh, now nah, I'm just, this is going to bug me. The problem is now you do a search for RE2 unlockables. But I say unlockable for- mode. It's it's gotta be because th- that's that's been a persistent thing. In, Here we go. Um, uh, tofu, the Tofu Survivor was a mini game in the original RE2. There's another one though. There is. I know. Who was it? Shit. Re- unlockables in Resident Evil 1998. Hunk. Thank you. Hunk. Hunk. Yes, hunk. that was it. Yes. That was it. Hunk. So I never did that because yes. I think you had to beat the game so fast that I uh, you just couldn't get through it that quick. Or I just I just uh, like like lost one of them. In, yeah. In, yeah. In, in doing that, um, and then eventually just like unlocked that stuff with a game shark, so I could see what that makes sense. Yeah. Actually, totally. just moved, but like moved I loved all that stuff around. at the time. Um, I loved all that doing all that sort of stuff at the time. Now I don't. I just don't engage with it that way. Two more questions. Unsigned. You're walking, you are walking one day across the village, and Mother Miranda jumps out of a bush with a ah. shotgun, forces you to marry one of the lords. Does she you need can a pick shotgun? Which one. Huh? She needs a shotgun? Yeah, she's a shotgun <laughs> for this. Yeah. Is. Who do you choose and why? Hmm. So we're getting married. Getting married. Biggie, there's a big ceremony. It happens out by where the, the rose ceremony happens, except mm-hmm. this time you get married instead of mm-hmm. having to fight Mother Miranda. I feel like it's like the, there's like the very convenient answer. Lady Demetrius. Yeah, I feel like you have to take her off the table. I feel like she's taken. Like, of uh, course she is, is. She she has many court, uh, you know, quarters. Or who Many people are trying to marry her. Right. I don't why know. Would she I don't, why me? would she choose you? Right. 
where I think Donna Benavienta and I uh-huh. could have a, a a lovely relationship. She yeah. makes dolls. I'm I'm curious about like I love a person who has a hobby. Sure. You, know, you know what I mean? And they're really uh, and into this hobby. And like, they'll really be okay if you're into your hobbies. They'll have to respect I bet, that. You know what? Let me make a fucking Gundam with Donna. Donna and I, Donna can come over. I have all these Gundam kits. I bet she already has tools. Then she'll give she you a little uh, mushroom juice and yeah, you we'll, can we'll, watch them we'll, come we'll, to life. We'll shroom up. Exactly. And do little fights. You might be able to pilot a mech with her powers. With her. Yeah, totally. Fuck it. I, or just like have a chill time. Like, I, you know, we don't have to go through all this. Uh, you know, and also I think as Ethan is not particularly interested in going through his own psyche and confronting his fears. I think he's very interested in running away from them and shooting them. But I think if I just let the the evil mushroom juice into my brain and we get to like work through some shit, I'm sure I got some demons in there. I would instead of being killed by the doll, I'd wake up and I'd be like, Donna, thank you for helping me get through this. I hadn't thought through my own anxieties in this way before. And and I love you just the way you are, scars and all. I saw that painting of you that was really nice. Was that not your face? <laughs> you got some stuff going on behind the veil? Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm down. Listen, we'll get through this world together. You and me. I see. I think I'm going to... the dolls. I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna pick Moreau. And okay. that's going to that's gonna take Miranda by surprise. Really? Like, Moreau? Moreau? And I'm yeah. going to roll up Moreau's like, look, we don't got it. I don't know what you want. Like, I, I'm, right. I, 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 don't, I don't know what you need. I'm not saying we're going to get married, but we're going to get the fuck out of here and you're going to you find me, happiness. Buddy. You yeah. need me. In the world. So why you can find what you need. And this seems a little one-sided. This seems a little <laughs> bit. You don't think you'd be offended by you being like, you don't want to really marry me? Now I'm going to turn into a big fish. I thought we were going to get married. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they're down. I don't, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm choosing my shot. I don't trust Heisenberg. Like, I feel no, like, absolutely not. Um, And... You've already taken someone else, Lady D. Yeah. Again, it's off. I just don't think she's going to choose me. And so, what if you I'd, told? Okay, but what if you try? What if you were like Miranda? Put the gun down, Miranda. Oh, that's that was my other thought. Was just like I grab her hand. Like, why should I have to choose? My heart is already chosen by you. Forget about your hundred-year-old dead baby. We make a new baby. You and me, Miranda. Let's <laughs> Cut go. to black. Cut to black. That's right. This father's story is not over. <laughs> Final question comes in from unsigned. Good morning slash afternoon. Kind sir slash madams. If resident evil, <laughs> what is landlord? Eviler is what I will say. Yeah. Evilist. Look at resident Spencer. Evil? He's, I guess Spencer is the, the landlord of the resident of the evil mansion. mythology. Right. Yeah. In many ways. Very evil. Very bad. Spencer is the dude who who fell, or I guess again, I may be projecting, but met Miranda as a doctoral student. Like he he like yeah. showed up and it was like in the snow and she resuscitated him and they got to talking about both loving evil bioweapons. And I just, I mean, that's part of what I it's love so about funny. the absurdity of the mythology and where, you know, people... As I think understandably asking, wouldn't it be easier just to start from scratch and use some of the... the and it's like, no, I fucking love that Eight main games in, yeah, you know, 20, 30 spinoffs in, how many animated tie-in films, yeah. comics, all part of the canon. Uh, no, Village is the one where actually here's the origin story of Umbrella that you did Rescued by know. Miranda. Right. Yeah. It's uh-huh. great. Who at that point would have been what she was in that exit or the entry, the outro movie where she's like healing people in the church or whatever. Right. 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 Which, by the way, that outro storybook movie, there's two, there's, there's the storybook that, also, 
Mia is Miranda is reading that story at the beginning of the game to Rose. Yep. The book of Vi- the book of shadows or village of shadows story, whatever it is. Yeah, very beautifully. The, the really, really beautiful cool. animation. And that exits the outro song that yeah, plays good. is great. Where it's like all the 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 text of that story are sung by like a Bjork like. I don't mm-hmm. know who actually did that that song because it's very good. Anyway, landlord eviler, Resident Evil, <laughs> landlord eviler. Uh, also, we should just say Resident Evil is such a good name for it a is. series. It, We're so far past it now that it doesn't. It's, it's like, looped that all the way around. Biohazard, right in Japan. Yes, it's still correct. just called that. Uh, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so what is Resident Evil? Yeah, what's Village Village called? Japan called? Um, is it just yeah called- Biohazard Village? That's funny. Um, Resident Evil is so good as a name. Like I want, like I I, I'm so curious. Like, is does bio is Biohazard the equivalent nonsensical camp that that Resident Evil is equivalent Maybe, to? But, in, but Biohazard at least has a real meaning. Yeah, that's right? true. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's a story, some sort of oral history that explains the the origins of that name. I don't I don't know it offhand. I've always thought of it as a um, as a uh, a, what do you call it? A callback to Sweet Home for some reason. The survival horror game for the Famicom. Sure. That yeah. That's like a cla- which like, yeah. it isn't a, it isn't a callback to that. But in my mind, Sweet Home Resident Evil feels like a, con- there's a connection there about houses because houses and horror. Oh, I don't, you know I don't what know another- if this is true. I'm, 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 I'm pacing this. From uh-huh. StackExchange.com, which just seems like okay, a thank you, Stack Exchange. Kiora, yeah. uh, riff. No, you don't. Do you? For, so, from this random user, further insight: yeah. if you translate Resident Evil English to Japanese, you get Biohazado. Hazado. Is that? Can, can you do it? Can we confirm? Can you confirm this for I'm, us, Austin? I'm do a Google search. <laughs> I don't think that that's true. That can't be true, right? Uh-huh. Let me just let's see here. There's just no way, right? I don't think so. I think it's I think that that's someone who just went on like a Google Translate and typed it in and Google Translate knows enough to be like, yeah, that's just Yeah, okay. So okay, so actually the, here we go. Okay. Chris Chris Kramer, longtime PR person in, in video games, yeah. uh uh told the story in 2009 uh there's a kotaku article called why was biohazard changed to resident evil uh and uh kramer says in late 1994 capcom entertainment in the u.s was starting to ramp up marketing plans for the game that eventually become known as resident evil in the u.s capcom japan had let us know the name of the game is going to be biohazard in japan but i pointed out to the person who ran marketing at the time that it would be next to impossible for capcom to register the name of the u.s as an example i pointed out that a crappy dos based game had just come out in the u.s called Biohazard, oh. not to mention the New York hardcore band of the same name, and that we'd never be able to secure the mark. As a result, the head of marketing held a company-wide contest to come up with a new name oh, I love for the game. Um, the winner of the competition, this is uh, Luke Plunkett writing at Kotaku, the, the winner of the competition was, of course, Resident Evil, being a pun on the fact that the first game was set in a mansion. For the record, Kramer voted against it, saying the name was, quote, super cheesy. Show me the list of I all the, the names. I want to see the list. Also, of note, when development began in 1993, Resident Evil was originally intended to be a remake of Sweet Home. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, sure. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I didn't realize that. Cool. Um, all right. 
on that note, uh, on the note of Landlord Eviler, mm-hmm. we should wrap this up. Uh, as always, you can follow us twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.vice.com, waypoint.zone slash subscribe is the URL to go support us. If you've enjoyed this, if you'd like to hear more, uh, additionally, there's like some other benefits that are all up on that site. We're recording this before it launches, so I don't want to like say stuff that's not up there yet. Um, you should also note now twitch.tv slash waypoint to come watch us do some streams these days. Yeah. Which is, which is exciting for that to be back. Um, so if you if you are if you're listening to this because you wanted to hear us talk about this and didn't realize we were streaming again, well, we are a couple uh, you know a few times a month basically. Twitch.tv slash waypoint. Also, we're gonna have a bunch of coverage as we go into E3 week. Mm-hmm. Rob and Patrick are coming to New York. That's we're true. Be on a set together. Ooh. We're gonna be hanging out. So look forward to that. What are we gonna do? Uh, not sure. Depends on what not E3 sure. is. Yeah, or isn't play Resident Evil One? Who knows? You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe that's what'll be the most interesting. Who could fucking say? We'll see. Uh, follow me twitter.com slash austin underscore walker. Where can people find you, Patrick? At Patrick Klepek. Kado isn't here, but shout out to Kado. Uh, A underscore Kado underscore appears. Also, every time the Kado showed up in this game, <laughs> I was like, Kado, 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 Kado. <laughs> Also, Cadeau, apparently, again, according to Janine, who knows French, is French for gift, which is a very good way of naming oh. your parasite. That's a good, you know, I'm giving you a gift. Uh, Shouts to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EPPAL machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. We'll be back uh, on Monday, I think. With more, because that's this will go up on a Friday, probably. Yeah. If this doesn't go up on a Friday, guess what? We'll still be back. Oh, no, I said Monday, Tuesday. We'll be back for a regular Tuesday show. Look forward to that. Until then, Resident Evil, Landlord Eviler, fuck capitalism. Go ho- go sweet home. <laughs> when I say it like that, it sounds like a sports team. Go sweet go. home. <laughs> there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of insight of the sports universe of uh, Resident no, Evil. Are there sports Resident names? Evil is that written in a wiki there ha- Is there a Raccoon City sports team? Oh, okay. Hold on. Let's close the book. On there has report. to be. Uh, raccoons. The Raccoon Sharks. Really? Are Raccoon City's local American football team. A riot occurred on the night of September 24th during one of their games. The riot was due to a T-viral outbreak. <laughs> a single zombie rampaged across the stadium, turning it into a bloodbath, ending with several people being sent to Raccoon General Hospital in critical condition. Read the bit below this, because you must be reading the same fandom. Uh, in the English version of the outbreak opening, the name of their competing team is given as the Old Court <laughs> Thunders, though this is not present in the original script. Thank uh, you. That's very good. All right, bye. Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.